So we're going to do this whole one, whole episode in Southern accents? I don't think so. I, How I, long could you go? I do not think I could without being extremely annoying and also bad at it. I think your problem is that you have to go so slow. Yeah. Yeah. It would take for like, this is probably going to be a three hour podcast as it is. It would take like seven hours. I'm worried that I could do it for longer than I'd like. Mm. In I, that regard, I suspect foul play. I mean, people have heard our just awful British accents. Um, it Are annoys me that I can, awful? I can do a Southern accent better than a British accent. I feel like a deep shame in that. Do you really think that's the case? Hmm. See, I, now I'm quite conscious about it. So you got to think about just the hot takes pouring out of your mouth. Hmm. Something, <laughs> something, mint julep. <laughs> what was the thing with SNL? Colonel Angus? <laughs> Colonel Angus. <laughs> All right. Anything else we need to do before we begin? How, I'm just curious, like 30, 40, 50, how many songs did you put on your top five? So I... I I wanted to hit you up for when you say needle drop, do you mean diegetic or non-diegetic? Doesn't really matter either okay. way. Because I have it, 12 diegetic songs and 14 non, and I, I just feel like Christ. they're, I can start at any number and go down. Because like it's not, I don't feel like this five is. Five times the amount. I don't feel like this is like. That's uh, a 5x multiplier there. I don't feel like this is a, a list that I'm, I don't know. It's not the one I want to be buried with. I feel with. like it, it, it says so much about our two personalities, the way we approach these. I guess so. I'm not saying one is better or more correct than the other, but I am. <laughs> and that says a lot about our, our two personalities mm-hmm. right there. I mean, I, to be fair, I split it up. I have five for movies and six for TV. Okay. I, these are my rules, and I guess we'll, we'll get into this after the intro. Um, but I said no song that was made for the, the movie or TV show. I didn't do that. Yeah, I didn't do that. So Unless... The only exception, again, was some on the diegetic where they're performing it. So you put Black Sheep in. I didn't actually know. Really? No. no. See, I did not because I was like, nah, that doesn't, that doesn't seem fair because it was like made for the movie. Um, well, like one of them, spoiler, is um, Celine's song at the end of Before Sunrise, Before Sunset. Mm. The, my other rule, just to not be basic, was mm-hmm. like no Fincher, no Wes Anderson, no Tarantino, no Scorsese. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I don't think I have anyone by those. Not a where's my mind or I do have where's my mind. I'm sorry. I do have one. All right. Well, people don't know what we're talking about quite yet. Let's jump into the podcast. Yes, do that. Begin. Hello and welcome to Headcanon. I'm James. And I suspect foul play. I'm Marco. Hi. Hello. This podcast has been, I don't know what, three months in the making. However long it's been since Nice Out came out in theaters. And still is in theaters? Yeah. It's still cranking away. It's like $307 million worldwide box office from I've, a $40 million budget. I didn't check today, but I think if you look at our local theater, there are more Knives Out showings than there are Rise of Skywalker shows. Knives Out, more like Legs Out. <laughs> uh, Good Skywalker's for Ryan Johnson. Not, not rising. He deserves it. Uh, yeah, I just, I worry, and I think he can handle it, but the pressure... For your your knives in or whatever you're gonna call it, obviously it's not remotely gonna be called that. It's not gonna be called knives out too. It's a fun joke, but it's not gonna be called that. But knives like, out too. Now you don't. Yeah. <laughs> in their fucking faces. <laughs> uh, 
just right even before we we're not going to get to the week just yet we got a little thing we want to do beforehand but spoiler warning or spoiling the horror whole movie it is a mystery whodunit movie yeah um you if you knew who it was i think there's still a ton to enjoy in the movie but i mean come on it's a mystery you don't want to know who did it and it's kind of obvious a little bit uh, we'll, we'll get into that discussion yeah. um but still like if you haven't watched nice out it's out on dvd and like video on demand now pause this go watch it it's good yeah. i can't imagine like if you didn't like it i'm not sure why you'd be listening to this podcast like if you have any sensibilities that are shared with us at all i'm sure you'd enjoy yourself at least someone uh watching it for this podcast was probably god the seventh time i've watched it same <laughs> But before we get to Nice Out, uh, I don't know. Are you watching anything? Do a little bit of that first. Um, so the weekly shows and then I. What since, are the weekly shows? Picard. Yeah, Picard. Nancy Drew. Nancy Drew. I caught up Nancy Drew finally. Mm. Um, haven't watched the latest Sinner. Mm. Um, really fucking. Just fucking hating. Outsiders. Uh, outsider. Outsider. Mm-hmm. Uh, really shit the bed on that show. What, what was the other thing you're hating? Uh, Doctor Who. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. The guy who's writing it is just—it's just bad. He's just bad, and they're building up to this whole like we're going to change everything you ever knew, and it's just like Ugh, you're not capable of doing that in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, haven't watched anything. I listened to a few podcasts about Picard, but haven't watched any episodes since like the third. I one. I've listened to a few from people who were like hardcore fans, and the basic just little details they would get wrong um, oh oh you're gonna you gonna call it the star trek cops on them well just like yeah i mean it's just minor like continuity issues mm. i just thought that's do you mean the show or the podcast that you listen the to the podcast yeah, about okay. the show although the la- the second I think the last... show fucked something up too didn't they like with like romulans being assimilated by the borg um not necessarily the the romulans have taken over uh a presumably an abandoned Borg cube, yeah. which you've seen. Well, I, I guess the thing I read is that the, in the show posits that Romulans had never been assimilated by the Borg when like in like some season six episode of Voyager that's like, you know, disproven or something. Oh, I mean, there's characters on Picard who are, who are Romulans who've been, uh, who've been assimilated. So it's like, that's, that's crazy. Um, no, in one of the episodes, the seven of nine big episode alone, there was things where it's like, this just makes me feel like an idiot or it makes me feel like a piece of shit where it's like, we're told that this guy who died was a science officer. Well, we saw him in a flashback, and he's not wearing a science officer uniform. And it's like, that's... You're making me feel shitty for noticing that. And then Seven of Nine has a like a space rifle or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And she's shooting it, and it's like one color coming out, and then like it's another color in the next thing, and there's no even pretending like, oh, she's changed the fucking sci-fi mode or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you can't get the fucking special effects right from from frame A to frame B. Get the, give me a fucking break yeah, here. That's I'm sure they'll issue some like technical guide or something that explains that. Yeah. Something something phase shifting blah blah blah. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Um. So like little little things like that. Um. I hate some of the characters. Some of it's just so telegraphed. Like one of the characters who like bum 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 secretly evil or or whatever. It's just like you're, you're telegraphing it a little too hard. <laughs> From the podcast I was listening to you about it, which I know is a great way to discuss the show. Um, mm-hmm. It sounds like my initial instinct that that Narek or Merrick or whatever that guy, like my initial instinct was that guy just completely sucked and that whole plot line sucked. And it sounds like that's borne out. 
Uh, it's that thing where he's like using her by seducing her, and then he's got to kill her once he got the info. But like he's also like, oh, I'm slightly torn, and then she gets away. What he's, they should have like this whole like hot boy like bad. What they should have done, Romulan. Is, yeah. You saw the first episode of his sister, right? Yeah, Rizzo. Well, yeah, the uh, Roger Sterling's second wife. Um, the other Peyton List. Oh, is that Peyton List? Yeah, okay. the other Peyton List. Yeah. There's, there's two Peyton Lists. Oh, are there two Peyton Lists? There's two actresses named Peyton I know, List. I know. Yeah. Um, thankfully, they look nothing alike. But uh, so she's like a uh, fake human who's all secretly a Romulan. And then they, when they first come together, isn't there like a little bit like, ooh, this is kind of naughty, naughty heat between these brother and sister? Mm-hmm. I would steer going into going after that that, uh, that Pornhub algorithm. I would steer into that harder because their thing since then has been so boring to me. Everything about that, just like two and a half episodes in, I was just like, I fucking hate this. This is so boring. Yeah. This whole dumb plot line with the the you know Data's daughter and this like bad boy Romulan guy. I'm just like, fucking cancel this. This is this well, sucks. It's like. I don't know if they're trying to go for like a Battlestar Galactica thing where it's like they're implying that she's biologically human, but also a Android Star Trek. You're better than that. It's like, okay. I mean, in Star Trek, you just got to explain that a little bit more clearly to me. Yeah. But also Bruce Maddox, they kill Bruce Maddox and a lot of spoilers for Picard here. Sorry, you're fucked. If you were going to watch the show and haven't like, I'm never going to root for Bruce Maddox. I saw that episode of next generation. Yeah, where he, he sucks. Yeah. Where he tried to like fuck with data and it's like, you're making me feel bad for him. I don't, that's not going to work. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, I haven't watched anything. I, my mind is just a soup right oh. now. Um, I'm hoping to climb out of that soup soon. Let's just get a spoon in there and stir the soup. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we read anything. I have started a book called <laughs> Antisocial Online Extremists, Techno-Utopians, and the Hijacking of the American Conversation by Andrew Morantz. Because mm-hmm. I needed to transform a lot of my modern-day anger into something or understand it and it's just explaining to me like for someone to articulate your rage a little bit well like the little things when i i go to look up like a youtube clip or something and i I look at the things it offers me and just the way youtube is is the algorithm is meant to uh, Mm -hmm. um radicalize you because the activating emotions are meant to debatable will you know yeah but joy anger outrage the things that keep you clicking Mm -hmm. um so that's yeah. been helpful mm. question mark you um not really no the the closest thing i could say i've read i've had a little bit of free time at work so uh there's these like things they're like text fanfics cool where it's like fanfic where it's like characters just texting each other and it screenshots their texts this on like twitter lovely. posts yeah but it's like it's like uh alternate universe like modern day like Kyla Ren's like a big shot lawyer and Ray's like a waitress, you know, I don't know. It's they're fascinating The I, I find the, the text exchange format interesting, really actually really interesting for uh, a storytelling device. Do they have to face each other in court? No, it's, it doesn't get into legal stuff. It's more, you know, it's, it's basically it's rom-coms, you know, it's okay. like meet cutes and you know, they hate each other. And Oh you know. God, I want to see them like in court sparring and like, like the heat and and he's I mean, just, I'm sure those exist, but you know, I, I read like two of them, so can't can't say I'm a you know a connoisseur of the entire format, but I don't know. It, I like the way they use modern technology. Like sometimes, like rather than a, a screenshot, it will be like a little GIF video 
mm-hmm. of the person typing and then deleting what they're going to type. You know. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's a it's a neat way to tell a story. Interesting. Or and it's like I don't know. There's like a weird trope where it's like Hux is always married to Rose in them. Okay, that's a new thing on the internet, right? Or Mm -hmm. new to me. Interesting. Is it all based out of Dom Hall Gleason being the only one to defend her in interviews? I gotta think that's at least part of it. Good for him. Yeah. Um, My like new, previously dark parts of my brain are just lit up with synapses firing over uh, Raylo legal fanfic. I just pictured like them just opposing counsel is just like, oh, so you agree that my 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 client's innocent? Oh, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> oh, you do. Objection. You're a monster. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> huh. Okay. Anyway, and that's all just to, to try to heal the wound that was the Rise of Skywalker. God damn that movie. Not canon. Are you going to read the the book? No. Okay. I was so immediate. I love it. I didn't, I made it like one chapter into the Force Awakens one, and it was so poorly written that I had to put it down. Somebody told me today alone that one of the Star Wars books was either written or was pitched or something was one of the hot takes in it was that Ray was or not Ray sorry Amidal was on her way to Mustafar to break up with Anakin. Oh yeah, I don't want to get into the stupid drama or that. There's a certain writer that's done a few Star Wars books now who just has some just bad takes on like star wars relationships it's very it's like pretty patronizing mm. um yeah and so there's a, a whole controversy about that people were just like what the fuck are you talking about you know oh the the also the uh, <laughs> i want to write a book about race parents yeah it's like which which version of her parents please <laughs> mm-hmm. healthy junk traders who sold you for drinking money i, I didn't technically lie to you <laughs> okay i did I mean, it's a lie of pretty serious omission, but whatever. <laughs> uh, why is it so bad? That's why I'm wearing this mask. So you can't see my face mm. during this part. It's bright fucking red. I'm in the, I'm in a closet <laughs> saying this. All right. Uh, anyway, that's what we're reading. And, uh, oh, I just touched my face. Got to stop doing that. Oh, shit. You've got yeah. corona, corona. How do you say it out loud? Coronavirus? Just coronavirus? coronavirus? Yeah. Okay. R.I.P. The Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> Wow, that one took a while. <laughs> I was going to make a Corona joke a second earlier, mm-hmm. and I was like, nah, it's dumb. Mm-hmm. And then I went there. <laughs> you went there. I zagged. I feel like the uh, the the cure, though, is Mi Familia. Mm-hmm. Or Mi Familia is all going to die. You touch each other's faces too much. You got to break a few eggs to make a family mm-hmm. omelet. Anyway, instead of uh, talking about what we're listening to, we thought... It would be fun to talk about our favorite needle drops in movies and television. Uh, basically, a needle drops like a song used in the, and it could be diegetic and it could be non diegetic in the movie or TV show. Uh, as mentioned previously, at least my rules for this was it can't be made for the show or film. And, you know, certain well known directors I just excluded just to make it not boring, you know. Mm-hmm. It was just like all like Layla, you know, from. Goodfellas and where's my mind and you know Miserloo from Pulp Fiction you know that'd be boring yeah yeah, yeah. um so <clears throat> I've got uh, separated between movies and TVs and you've kind of got like a smorgasbord it sounds like I uh well I don't know what the opposite of peanut butter is but I I 
anti-peanut buttered hard. Mm. I instead of just texting you, like I could have to say, did you mean diegetic or not? I just started writing down diegetic choices and other ones because I felt like I wasn't coming up with I almost the good list that I could come up with. I so almost I gave a myself a rule of no diegetic, but that would exclude like half my TV list, so changed my mind. Mm-hmm. So I have a, like I have twelve diegetic choices, and I have fourteen regular non-diegetics, and they're you know I don't know if they're my top choices, but they're ones that I th- I thought of and thought were interesting. Okay. So how do you want to proceed? I don't know. Um, why don't you give me all of your diegetic ones? Okay, we can just run through these real quick. Um, <laughs> number number twelve is interesting. Singing in the rain from Clockwork Orange. Okay. Um, Number 11, talk about TV. I don't know why this scene always stuck with me. Angela performing uh, everyone, Everybody Wants to Rule the World for Mr. Robot. Mm, yeah. Uh, Under Pressure by David Bowie and Queen from Gross Point Blank. Oh, that's a good one. Goodbye Horses by Q Lazar from Silence in the Lambs. You know, I never actually watched that movie the whole way through. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, just grooving to Bohemian Rhapsody in Wayne's World. Mm-hmm. Hall Notes is You Make My Dreams from 500 Days of Summer. Mm-hmm. Some of these are going to be on yours, I feel like. I don't know if I should like tell you now or later. Okay. Uh, Rebecca Del Rio's Jorando from Milholland Drive. Uh, this is kind of anti-your rule. It's the song that Celine performs in her apartment before sunrise. Or before sunset. Fuck, I keep getting that fucked up. The uh, Baby You're Gonna Miss Your Plane song. Uh, where his name is breathlessly revealed to be a part of the song at the end. Mm. Uh, Heath Ledger performing I Can't Take My Eyes Off of You from uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. Mm-hmm. Huey Lewis in the News is a hip to be square from American Psycho. Mm-hmm. This is a twofer, this last one, or the second to last one is number two. Buffy, both the song that Joss wrote with the band whose name I've forgotten from Conversations of Dead People. Uh, Blue by Angie Hart. There you go. And also Chiba Mato's Sugar Water from the season two premiere. I don't remember that. And she's dancing with Xander and mm. she says, did I ever thank you for saving my life? Don't you wish I would? And then she... Uh, is that when she was bad? That's when she was bad. Okay. Um, and then this is a three for point. Number one is Ray Hot Jackson listening to Sister Christian, <laughs> Jesse's Girl, oh, I, and 99 Love Balloons for Booking I Nights. also excluded that from my list because obviously that would be my number one. Um <laughs> Putting the, like, putting people the, tell uh, me what order to listen to the songs. The like emotional epiphany of your movie set to Jesse's Girl as Mark Wahlberg does his best acting, possibly not knowing Ever. he's being recorded. Um, just <laughs> oh, really? like I, I feel like PTA <laughs> might have said something about that. Just staring off into the oblivion as the camera like slowly dollies in on him. That little that little smile. He if has you haven't at one seen point. Boogie Nights, go watch Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Even more than Knives Out, I would say, uh, if you don't like it or appreciate it some fashion, you, I don't know, may not totally here's get a key, Here's the key to Boogie Nights. It's a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> the movie was called The Spanish Pantalones. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, man, what, 99 Leaf Balloons at the end of that sequence is, it never sounded better, well, you know? Talk about three songs that have no business being together. It's a awesome mixtape number six, man. That's Cosmo. He's Chinese. All right, give me your uh, non diegetic. Uh, so uh, you got to have friends from the end of Last of Sheila, which has reference to this movie. Mm. 
Nick Cave's Red Right Hand from Scream. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ty, same song, two different movies. Orinoco Flow by Enya from eighth oh, grade yeah. and the girl with dragon tattoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the sail away as people would comment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the cover, the, the instrumental cover of life of Mar- on Mars from the end of that Watchmen episode. Mm-hmm. Some velvet morning by Lee Hazelwood and Nancy Sinatra also, and Morvan Kalar. Not listed here, but uh, life on Mars from the life aquatic. No. Yeah. It's a good one by mm-hmm. uh, Su Suhore. Yeah. It's Wes Anderson, but still, you know, if you feel it, man, you yeah. feel it. Rules are, Meant to be broken. Uh, this one is kind of tricky. I really like the way they use I Got Five on It by Lunas and the Us trailer. The way they it's trans- more of a trailer, yeah. Yeah, it, we're, they, we're we could trailer. do a whole list on just trailer music, yeah. But the way they, they, they transfer this like pit of pop culture uh-huh. and hip-hop history into just like a Into horrible, a, a motif, yeah. yeah. Um, Pulp's Like a Friend from the end of that episode of Venture Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um. This is where I, you know, I didn't know your rule, but where's my mind from the end of Fight Club? Because mm-hmm. it just I mean, fucking works. Yeah. Oh, I, I wasn't paying attention to my list. I also had Watchmen here twice. Uh, so skip ahead. Head Over Heels by Tears for Fears and Donnie Darko. Okay. Louis Armstrong's All the Time in the World from On Her Majesty's Secret Service. There is uh, the season two finale of Millennium, the Chris Carter show with Lance Henriksen, featured a whole act of a character going insane set to Patti Smith's Horses. So it's like a whole eight minutes of TV, which is, I don't know, one of the best things I've ever seen. Hugging and Kissing by Big Black Delta in the center, mm-hmm. which if you don't have that, I, I, I don't know you. Mm. And then uh, a threefer here at, at the end, just because of its, its cultural milestone place, the OC, which I had to appreciate using bands like Mazzy Star that I knew and songs that wouldn't end up on TV elsewhere, but also Imogen Heap. Block Party, because Block Party, I feel like, is the, it's the exhale after the Imogen Heap, like, deep inhale from that mm. one finale to that one premiere. So, there you go. That's my list. All right. Well, you definitely nailed some of mine. Uh, so, movies starting at five. You mentioned this one. You Make My Dreams by Hall Notes, 500 Days of Summer. Um, just the whole package there, you know, the way it's put together visually with his uh, little fantasy yep. on the yep. the day after. Uh, he first sleeps with Summer there. Yeah. When you you don't expect it because you've just got the the Han Solo, and then it goes straight into that and little the little blooper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you also mentioned this one, Red Right Hand, Nick Cave and the Bad Seed Scream, perfect combo of song to movie moment. And also fitting in all the sequels was the increasingly degraded and watered down remixes that they would use as like a sign of the quality of the movies. Yeah. Uh, number three, Donnie Darko, but not the song you picked. Uh, you had to go with Killing Moon. Okay. Echo and the Bunny Man. Okay. Probably because I just listened to that song like 10 times in a row on repeat while I was writing earlier today. Fantastic. Uh, number two, you mentioned this one as well. Hit to be square. You lose in the news. Try getting a reservation at Dorsa now. Do you like who you lose in the news? Uh, number one, you did not have this one. Hmm. Just Like Honey, The Jesus and Mary Chain, Lost in Translation. You know what? A song was almost on my list was actually Sometimes. Hmm. Yeah. So I was definitely thinking Both of Lost in Translation. Are, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's my number one. I love that end of that movie. Love that movie. The other one I just realized is Magic Carpet Ride from Go. I almost put that on there. Yeah. Cool. TV, you definitely hit some of these. Uh, number six, Hugging and Kissing, Big Black Delta, of course. the center. Of course. I mean, 
just I probably would not have kept watching that show if that song wasn't so intriguing. Like right from the jump, you know. It so perfectly mirrors the 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 nightmare flashback sequence of her, but it programs you. Because again, like I said, I I knew it worked not just watching the show week to week, but when I was grocery shopping and the song came on, and for a minute I was like, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like this loud kind of like electronic, and I just touched my face again. It's this uh, Pavlovian, mm-hmm. yeah, response, yeah. Uh, number five, two here from Person of Interest, Hurt by Johnny Cash, and Future Start Slow by The Kills. Uh, I think both from the same season, maybe they're really on it that season. Um, both excellent needle drops. A hurt is like an insane, like ultra violent, like opening and uh future starts slow. Great. Uh, last song in the intro of Shaw. So here's the thing though. I can, I can think of even, I've only seen like maybe a handful of episodes of, I mean, they, they got some needle drops on that show for sure. But I was like, I've, I've seen only a handful of episodes of a lot of shows, including fucking Smallville. Mm-hmm. And there was an episode where it ended with hurt. And I would the Johnny argue, Cash one, the Johnny Cash one. Okay, and I was like, "Wow, this is really effective use of this song." I would argue the same thing for Future Start Slow. Like, you'd have to be really bad at your music coordinator job to like not make those work to some some. But I do feel, TV. even though you know lyrically they might not match musically, I feel like they fit both those. Things. I think the thing is with with movies and TVs, it almost the lyrics are almost contra. Yeah, it's, yeah, you want the mood, you want the ambiance. Mm-hmm. Um. Number four, how could I leave this one off my list? I'm your puppet, Pretty Little Liars, Dion Warwick. Yeah, that's good. I had a whole bunch that I wanted to listen from PLL, and I was like, I don't know. Is that, is that gauche? <laughs> Number three, you mentioned this one, Like a Friend by Pulp, Venture Brothers. Although there, lyrically and mood, totally fits the ending of that. Perfect, that, that's, yeah. That song, or that scene. They could have just ended the show there. You know, I mean, it was like a perfect finale. That was a perfect finale, yeah. Yeah. Number two, Tomorrow Never Knows, The Beatles, Mad Men. Okay. Um, I think I had actually either never heard that song or just like if I'd heard it, I wasn't familiar with it. And so I I like had the same experience as Don Draper listening to it and be like, whoa, you know. Um, it's not the one he turns off in disgust. It is. Oh, he does eventually turn it off okay. in disgust. But I, I guess I should say his reaction, but the, I don't know, I feel like the the show's reaction to it. So I believe the legend is that AMC wasn't going to pay for it, so Matthew Weiner like it's like gave quarter, up all the money, quarter million or something. Yeah, yeah. for for the the rest. worth it, yeah. worth it. Yeah, yeah. One of the like best TV music moments ever. Well, especially as that show progressed, as they got into the heart of the '60s, they were going to enter those points where it's like we've got. Well, they've to been use, holding out. Yeah. They've been holding out and holding out. They had never used a Beatles song, and what a pick, you know, like definitely not a super common one, but I feel like it perfectly captured that like late sixties. Well, in history is funny just because yeah. in Goldfinger, Sean Connery makes a diss at the Beatles mm-hmm. about how you really shouldn't listen to them without like he would, yeah. earmuffs. And then like a couple movies later, Roger Moore comes in and Paul McCartney does the theme song. And number one, can't believe you didn't have this on your list. Hmm. Make your own kind of music. Mama Cass Elliot. Yeah. Lost. Yeah. I thought about this off and on in various places and some of those I didn't like write them down as I thought of it and then the thought drifted away. That's a good one. All right. Well, that was a fun little trip down I music just, memory lane. I almost feel like this is like I want to have this like dream journal like by my bed and like in like a year from now like <laughs> do this again yeah. and like Well, this was inspired by the Big Picture podcast where like I'd swear like half of theirs were Scorsese. 
Yeah. You know, and it's just like, yeah, it's fine, but you know. So I, I, it's I, like, wow, the Rolling Stones again. Yeah, yeah. I even, well, I mean, there's if you don't, is it even a '60s flashback of a certain kind if you don't have Gimme Shelter, you know, like playing? But uh, I did like a, a quick Google thing. I was like, I just want to make sure the needle drop thing is it diegetic? Is it just on the soundtrack? And of course, one of the first articles that comes up is like the best needle drops in Scorsese movies. And I'm like, yeah. I don't even want to look at that. <laughs> Scorsese's become that guy. I don't know. I feel like he's become. Do you remember there was a whole like toxic thing about like, well, what's your favorite Coen Brothers movie? And it's like a lot of shitty people were answering. No. Uh, There's a thing online. Glad I missed out on that. Yeah. But I feel like Scorsese's coming that way for me. It's not that Scorsese's bad, it's that I don't really want to interact with Scorsese fans on a whole. I think he just he tends to attract. The type of fan, and not all his fans are this way. No, no, but, but it's a very like I don't know masculine viewpoint, I yeah, guess, where yeah. only it's like his kind of movies are accepted because they're very much you know targeted. You know, they're a bunch of mob movies and crime movies, and it's like it's like this idea that like this is what uh, you know higher quality mature yeah. cinema is, as opposed to like. You know, these other types of movies that like aren't in that, you know, in the canon. And obviously don't come at me with this conversation at all unless we're going to talk about bringing out the dead and uh, Age of Innocence. Anyway. Yeah. Into the party. All right. Well, Knives Out. Spoiler alert. We're spoiling the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Who wants to go first with their opening statement? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. I've seen this movie seven times now. With each viewing, I love it more. Um, it might already be in my all-time top 10. Mm-hmm. It's as perfect a cinematic confection as could ever be baked. Uh, as good as The Last Jedi is, this might be Ryan Johnson's true masterpiece. Uh, it's like this once-in-a-lifetime combination of like the right director, incredible cast, the material they're working on like could not be more engineered in a lab to be any more specifically my shit. Like It's just, just you know, inject it into my brain. Uh, such a delightful experience, and I feel like I learn more about the craft of writing and movie making each time. It's it's like watching a master carpenter put together an heirloom furniture level chair. Uh, it's got jokes, it's got suspense, it's got twists, it's got political commentary, and underneath it all, like its protagonist, it has a good heart. End okay. statement. So I just want to turn this around, just uh-huh. just so you know, I just highlighted this is the first line mm. of my thing glad we're on the same page there yeah. uh it says this movie is extremely my shit um it is i will say that listening to you i don't know this is my favorite ryan johnson movie but this is ryan johnson playing in an arena. i mean honestly it's i feel stupid like ranking the last jedi or this isn't necessarily my yeah. second favorite ryan johnson mm-hmm. movie i'll say that mm-hmm. uh, as far as like what has hit me and i don't know embedded itself but she he's, called me a dirty word yeah it's that that's probably my 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 second uh but this is him playing an arena that like i feel like i was also born in and so i have a very vested interest i mean he's listed some of his primary influences on this movie which are also extremely my shit including the last of sheila death in the nile peter yusinov death trap sleuth um the fact that this movie is smart and silly is great but the fact that it's also an agatha christie cosplay that turns into a hitchcock movie that has fun morphing back into agatha christie means that it fucking owns me like if Hitchcock was to do the murder of Roger Ackroyd, but like modern and playful, I love that about this. Um, Ryan Johnson gets what Agatha Christie never really like out and out said that, especially in a movie like this, 
the mystery is a great way to interrogate your characters and who they are, what makes them tick, but also the class system um, and what privileged lives look like. Uh, this movie does a great way in a way that it works more for me than even like Gosford Park. Um, it does in a way that's important as fuck in 2019 and still in 2020. It's it's a great confection, like you said. It's also a great meta narrative in that it's like in conversation with its own genre. Um, it's aware of its tropes. It's playing against them. It's having fun with them like a like a master would. Uh, it features murder and blackmail, and deception and theft and car chases. And yet there's like a sweetness to this film. It's almost like a, a kind of wholesomeness that I found to be healing. So I think that's kind of why I kept going back was I just felt renewed. Yeah, I think uh, for me and you and Ryan Johnson and anyone you else. You and me and Ryan Johnson. Yeah, and, and the three amigos. And the many, many, many hundreds or if not millions of people out there, hundreds of thousands, not millions um, of people who read Agatha Christie mm-hmm. as a kid and were like permanently irrevocably changed by it like this is a movie for you you know well and and the moment i really appreciate is the first time i saw something advertising the movie as he's working on with the font and it said knives out and in my head i'm saying that's the font from the curtain paperback and then it's like he's something where he's like i worked really hard to have like to find the font for my favorite act of the christie paperback curtain and i was just like oh shit he can hear my thoughts i mean <laughs> All I had, I, I remember when this movie was like first coming together and it was like all sarcast called Nice Out and you just see the logo and you know it's a murder mystery and I'm just like sold. Like I will buy several tickets right now. And I like that it is also 100% not what I thought it would be in a great way. The turns it makes, like the same thing with Last Jedi. That was always the thing about him is he was making turns that I could never see coming and they always felt immediately like, oh, shit, this is the right way to go. Well, there's this whole really, really stupid online narrative about subverting expectations mm-hmm. and how, oh, Ryan Johnson's just always trying to subvert your expectations. And, you know, that's bad for some reason. Like, I feel like it's like p- the kind of people who advance that argument don't really understand anything about storytelling. Like mm. in writing, you're always kind of trying to subvert the expectation of the reader because if you're not, you're probably writing something boring. What is a twist? What is a turn? Yeah, yeah. it's, you know, you're, you're always looking for conflict and then you're always looking to, you know, resolve or extend the conflict in an interesting way because mm-hmm. if you're not, then what are you doing? You know. But I think the thing about him is that he he goes into these old neighborhoods, mm-hmm. these old genres that you know, whether it be a mystery or a hard-boiled thing or, or Star Wars. And he makes that turn. He subverts that expectation. But the fucking direction he's going to is like not back up his own ass, mm-hmm. not into the past. He's like taking it into the future. And that's like, you know, at first I was like, I don't know that the modern Agatha Christie thing will work. Oh, it fucking works. <laughs> it works. <laughs> I have 10 as, a, as as do I. I mean, I could have done fifty, honestly, but yeah, I'd myself in at some point. There's a couple like later on in my general notes. Did, did where you I was did like, you not put the entire third act as one of your top moments? Uh, I I I, I kind of forced myself not to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of forced myself not to. All right. Well, you want to go first? Sure. Um, my number ten is the eat shit sequence. Mm, eat shit. Okay. Eat shit. Eat shit. This is also this movie has it's the only time I really 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 like Michael, Michael Shannon, Shannon yeah because he responds with I will not eat, eat one iota of shit, shit. <laughs> and then when you come back into him as he's as they're all still yelling at ransom you want some cookies huh hey maybe Harlan let you a cold glass of milk in his will asshole 
<laughs> I have that quote written down. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so my number seven honorable mention top 10 moment here, um, just the gravity's rainbow joke. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm vain. Um, like I said, extremely my shit. I felt like that one was just for me. I remember you and I laughing in the theater. And then there was one of those moments where I'm like looking around and like, why is no one else laughing? Don't you people get it? <laughs> I haven't read it. Nobody has. <laughs> uh, so For the record, I did. There you go. Yeah. Number nine. At work, it was like just a blur. I had no idea what even happened. Once you get past a certain point, it. But there's plot for a while. It, it and then it. It, it starts to fragment again, you know, as it uh, approaches the terminus of gravity's rainbow. So there's a thing in antisocial about how uh, the cognitive abilities of human beings is that you're really only able to keep track of varying levels, 150 people at one time. Okay. Right. That's your social network. Uh, there's like 400 speaking characters in gravity's rainbow. <laughs> it's the hardest book I've ever read. I can tell you that for sure. Yeah. Oh, pinch on. Um, but number nine. This morning, someone dodged a question. Who? Me. <laughs> and then, like, later, the one guy, Trooper Wagner, is just like, and that, that worked. They hired you that way. And he's like, an envelope of cash. <laughs> As he just holds up these giant fingers. <laughs> I really love Daniel Craig in this. He's just note perfect in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my number six, kind of a multi, or, you know, honorable mention number six, kind of a multi moment here. Um, all the times that the family misstates Marta's heritage. Um, a great running joke that never, nobody ever points to it. It's just there if you're paying attention to get. Uh, one of several, though. Yeah. The constant, like, I wanted you to be at the funeral. I was outvoted. Uh-huh. Well, it's a perfect, subtle way, not only of showing how kind of asinine and, you know, racist the family is, but just the fact that they need to mention it constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't just say that's Marta. They have to point out. That she's othered in some way, you know. It kind of comes from the same place as Bradley Whitford's. Uh, I would have voted for Obama yeah. three times if I could have. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the that very white, your Brazilian nurse privilege. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the remember this was a weird one. The two opening shots. The oh. first being just the house, mm-hmm. those strings, the dog, the dog slowly coming running at us, and then we immediately cut to the mug. My mm-hmm. house, my rules, my coffee. And it just sets a, I don't know, like a very playful tone that like, again, I would not have thought that mug would be the fucking thing at the end. And it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, my number eight is the kind of quiet flashback moments of Marta and Harlan sitting together. Like when you see, when he shows her the uh, like photo of Richard cheating or like Joni's, uh, you know, uh, oh Joni. monetary, you know, fraudulence there. Um I love the way that both times Marta's just like sitting there reading a book with him and it's like, and like having her coffee and it's like, you can tell like these are two people who like enjoy and are relaxed spending time with each other. Mm. It's like in complete contrast to all the other times Harlan's with a family member. And it's like, there's like tension there. It's like these two are like, they're just like such a fun, adorable little unit. And it's just like a just a minor thing. Like she just like looks up from a book she's reading, or she's just like you know having coffee or something like that with him. Such a nice little domestic moment. Yeah, she she calls out that he upped her hours because he needed a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, my number seven is is everything about the way they shoot 
the moment outside after the will reading. Marta's in the car. She's swarmed by the family. Like the amount of close-ups that they give to Marta in this movie is, is fascinating as like the claustrophobia. But like suddenly this like ransom like pulls up and, and through the fog of all the rest of the family demanding things, he's just like, come on, come on. And then you hear Tony Collette say, add me on Instagram. And then, <laughs> I'm not on Twitter anymore or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And then later as they drive away, Ransom just like, okay, seriously though, what the hell? <laughs> Uh, yeah, my number four. What were the overheard words by the Nazi child masturbating in the bathroom? What was it later on? Masturbating joylessly. Joy- dead joylessly deers. masturbating to pictures of dead deer. Yeah, just the <laughs> the delivery of Daniel Craig in that southern accent of the Nazi child masturbating in the bathroom. Incredible. Uh, what if his bond was southern? <laughs> we just haven't gotten to your secret yet. Uh, my number six is, is you mentioned it, it's all the variations of Martha, Marta's origins. She's from Ecuador. You're a, you're a Brazilian nurse. Yeah. Never, never ever the one that Ana de Armas, like her actual country of origin. But even, even if they did get it right, it says something, about, point. Yeah. It says something yeah. about them that they have to keep pointing it yeah. out, you know? Yeah. Uh, number six, I mean, this could be higher because it's a great moment. The final shot. Marta sipping the coffee, my house, my coffee, my rules. Yeah. What a just perfect final shot. I mean, I, the theater just ate that shit right up, you know. I was glad that they did because there was there's a you know political tenor to this movie that well, I was able to see this kinda, movie in the Bay Area. I feel like it, it went over a little better with the audience. Okay, there. yeah, yeah. Up here, it was like people were afraid to even snicker or laugh. I just don't think they got like the. Maybe. The jokes about Marta's origins, I don't think they got it, at least like the first few times, yeah. Well, I've got I've got a scene coming up, and I'm sure you do too, That especially. But uh, number five, uh, everything with Marta carrying out Harlan's plan to drive out, park, sneak back, climb inside the house. And then, of course, right as it's almost over, she Ransom. climbs down. Yeah, down the last, and there's Grandma. Ransom, are you back again? Yeah, similar to that, my number five is the, when Marta's throwing the broken trellis piece like behind Benoit Blanc. Just like the, I love the way she just fucking launches that thing, and then he turns around. She's just standing there. It is the blocking is almost perfect into him not quite seeing her, uh-huh. and that's where I think they're really toying with that line of of what does he know or not yeah. know? Because the bulk of the movie, you're like he's a shitty detective. Maybe that's the or joke. Is he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, number four, Richard and the family having a conversation about Trump. No, I don't like him. He's an asshole. But maybe an asshole is what we need. And just a lot of like, America is for Americans. Oh, and, and Joni then, with the like, oh, I'm sure the Dutch came over and they were clogging. <laughs> but then, of course, the coup de gras. As Richard's making his point further, as Marta's standing there, he just hands her the plate. And the fact that we don't, we don't see her like like her face or you know like we just see her hand reach out but yeah. like we know what's happening because yeah. we know where she is in the shot yeah. yeah and the way he's like not even looking at her he's just like kind of handing it off and it seems like i when watching again like jamie lee gets what's going on and it's just like eh. yeah uh where we got number four yeah it is not a donut hole but a smaller donut with its own hole and our donut is not whole at all I got the whole one of that later, but we'll just put that for now. Okay. Uh, 
Mine is is the, mention, the moment you mentioned. It's the very end. Her looking down at the family. My house, my rules, my coffee. And the fact that he's able to build a story to this moment, to this crescendo that has no words. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I don't know. It's like, that's like a, I don't know. That's like hitting out of the park. That's a one in a million shot. My number three, I don't remember the exact line before it. It's something about, uh, you know, I have heard, or is it true you have a, a regurgitative reaction to mistruthen? Mistruthen, yeah. That's the first like really unique turn of phrase they uncork for Benoit Blanc and it's so perfect it just rolls right off the tongue my dear I thought it was merely figurative yeah um oh just that concept is brilliant yeah oh and the way that they they make it work it never feels like a gimmick like it always they do it just enough times yeah yeah Yeah. And and it becomes a big part with the ending um my number two is this is where I cheat a little bit. It's the fifteen to twenty minutes where we're just initially questioning and introducing the family and getting the timeline. And you're getting as it's playing back and forth, and there's the piano strike, and there's the different shots of people with Harlan as he's blowing out the candles. And yeah, it's it's great. Hmm. My number two, I love this shot so much. It's right in the middle of the movie. You were kind of describing the the second half of it. It's after the will reading when Marta comes outside and there's a shot where the camera is just sitting there watching Marta as she comes out. And then suddenly it just like gets up and starts moving in handheld. Mm. And it, it just at the moment when like chaos is overtaking Marta's life, it's like maybe my favorite handheld shot in cinema. Like mm. it's so like I, I just the huge smile on my face when it happened in the theater because it's like you've it's the first time they go to handheld the movie. Everything else has been like very Locked down. Locked down and just like just very choicely framed and everything. And then it's like, here comes the chaos now. We're we're finally letting it overwhelm Marta as like the camera suddenly just like it's like just gets up and starts moving around. I just I loved it so much. Uh, My number one is Harlan and Marta in the game of Go and the realizing what's going to happen of Harlan springing action, making a plan. But really, there's a lot of great close ups there. But really, there's the moment where she's still digging through the bag and she's working out what they need to do in the timeline. And he's just staring at her and he just realizes that this is the case. And he, his heart is breaking for her, not because he's going to die, but because she's going to take this all on. Um, and it's, it's 100% why you cast Christopher Plummer in this role. Like he's fucking still got it. Yeah. That uh, is basically my number one as well. Just the, the, what really happened that night with Marta and Harlan. Um, the whole sequence i love them together there's they have such like great on-screen chemistry together mm-hmm. um as you know just like she, she's so kind of compassionate but playful with him and they have this fun back and forth uh the way she's like doing his meds the whole time is he's kind of like soliloquying and then like her like panic and everything and yeah, just the, the whole sequence is like per- amazing character building and a lot of really great bits that just lead up to other things like the strategy for go she's not playing to yeah. win she's just making a beautiful picture which is kind of marta's strategy for the rest of the movie that's how she wins yeah yeah what a great movie um i guess we can just jump right into general discussion here yeah right from the jump we start with the body was not expecting that I, I went out of my way to like not be spoiled by this movie so usually it's like oh it's a whodunit we're gonna like we're going to have the party scenes and the build up and then he'll die, you know, at the end mm-hmm. of act one, like, nope, 
his body immediately. The economy at start the house, the body, Marta. Boom, we're questioning suspects. I looking at just the trailers, I did not expect Ana de Armas to be in this movie as much as she is. I did not expect her to be the focus of this movie. Mm-hmm. It was such a revelation because obviously she's an actress that if you watch some certain genre movies, you've seen her. She's usually used in the way it's because she's a former model and she's quite frankly gorgeous mm. and she's been in the business of being sexy. So like there's a heart yeah, to she's her incandescently attractive. Yeah. I think it's fascinating that someone finally was brilliant enough to like cast her as Marilyn in something, mm-hmm. but like there's a heart to her in Blade Runner, but for the most part she's playing like a sex hologram <laughs> and here she's just this down to earth, adorable person. And you're like, wow, we're, we're fucking with this character. Fascinating. Yeah. And then we're questioning suspects. We have the nanny cam footage. Jerry, <laughs> uh, like, just listen to what he's describing there. And he's just like, you smashed his skull with a forklift and then he burned it. Like, how is that on a nanny cam? <laughs> like, I feel like they're really having fun with that one. I hope they, I would love if they brought that back for Knives Out too. Like, just somebody else watching, you know, I don't know, like Murder by Death or whatever that show is on TV, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I like how I like how her sister's just like, nah, it's all right. I already figured out the ending. You yeah. Know? Such a like a little fun meta joke, you know. Well, it's also like, where the hell has JGL been? <laughs> I mean, like, I think he has an Apple TV Plus show and he had he had a kid, so you know. Oh, kids. He's, yeah. Whatever. But like, uh, isn't his character credited as Detective Hard Rock? Detective Hard Rock, yeah. <laughs> he made my uh my power rankings. Oh, okay. Of cool. which I have twenty. Okay. Wow, shit. Yeah. He's on mine, but I, uh, it's not that long. <laughs> um, Linda Thrombey is just projecting like God tier levels of I'd like to speak to the manager energy. Um, what's, I don't know. It's especially weird at this movie. Like I had two aunts and Linda and Joni both kind of remind me of them, which I don't know. Just like the whole soup of the familiar relations, like extra works for me, you know? So moments that would have ended up in my 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 top moments is um when uh, more than this is playing and Joni mm. keeps trying to get her to dance yeah. with her. <laughs> no, like fucking the the powerful woman vibes that, that Jamie Lee Curtis is putting off too, where you can tell that like she's got a practice level of having to put certain niceties in her speech because she's about to say something harsh. She's like I read the New Yorker, a part of who I own you. It was delightful. I found it delightful. The fuck yeah. are you doing in my home? <laughs> but it's it's such a patronizing way yeah. she says it. Yeah. yeah. It's like you clearly don't. But mean it's like it. it's like you could tell she's used to like having to put something nice in before she says what she really wants to say. Uh-huh. But yeah, so I mean, I feel like the one of the first things where this this movie got me was like Ryan Johnson knows like the fucking porn that you want is like questioning suspects getting into the fucking timeline and we're just in there and i loved it the, the bit right where marta first dries up i love how she's got her little fingerless gloves on um and meg comes out and like one of the cops says are you the help and like meg like pretends to get all offended for her she's like what the hell it was just like it seems so like performative like i thought it was like a perfect encapsulation of of uh, meg yeah you know yeah i really wrestled with whether or not the uh the nazi child would be higher on my list than meg <laughs> <laughs> I came up with 13 reasons why. Um, I really want Harlan Throm- Thromby's Attic Den. This whole house. I mean, can we talk yeah. about this house? This house is fucking amazing. It's an amazing house. All the weird little, I don't know, just like knickknacks and the beautiful inserts. Paraphernalia. Yeah. 
like weird paintings and statues and so this is all he got this vibe from Sleuth. Sleuth is fine as a movie. It's way too fucking long. But that's the whole thing is that the Olivier character in that movie just has all this kind of shit. But I like the idea that it it's kind of implied that this is all stuff from his various mysteries. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I started like I started to write down a list of the uh Harlan Thromby like titles. I think my favorite's still the needle game. I like the uh, Menagerie Tragedy. The Menagerie Tragedy trilogy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is like, is that the actual title or is it a trilogy of books in the Menagerie Tragedy? Well, his publishing company, Blood Like Wine. That's the best part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Richard here, hmm. Don Johnson. Yes. Just just perfectly selling this character. I like the, there's a moment a little bit later where he's watching Walt kind of like get the piss taken out of him by hmm. uh, by Harlan there. And he just has this like shit eating grin. As like the camera swoops around him, he's just like drinking and watching and kind of like smiling, like, yeah, fuck you. you know? I, I fucking love Richard in this. Everyone idolizes their dad, right? I don't know, do they? Very much not. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Such a great moment. Yeah. yeah. Very much not. I don't know why I said that. Um, I don't know why I have it in my notes here, but the where you see them, the angle you see most of them from, where they're sitting in conjunction to the wheel of knives. It's like almost like a halo of knives they, around them. They never put somebody directly in the halo until Daniel Craig at the end. Yeah. But I like that when you see Marta in the hot seat, I feel like she's the first time we, re- except for when someone's addressing uh, uh, Benoit Blanc, we really get her from the left and we notice the painting of the treasure chest behind her. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and the, the housekeeper. He was hairy and I have dated Italian guys. <laughs> what is going on there? Why is Fran telling a 16 year old about some hairy guy that she fucked. Which is, my son I'd is, really like to know more about Fran. Oh, Fran is great. My son is very politically active. The boy is literally a Nazi. <laughs> I love the way that they talk shit about each other's kids. Yeah. Um, the different memories that they have of the who's presenting the birthday cake. Yeah. To uh, yeah. Harlan there. Yeah. Great, very subtle. Very quick, but it's there. I mean, the character who's in the movie the least is probably Ricky Lindholm's character, but she's fantastic. I mean, maybe Jacob, Jacob Thromby. Yeah, I don't need more of that. I'm fine with him. He's, yeah. he's hitting the right notes, but like also, so is Ricky Lindholm. Like I really, when she's just like, you know, if anyone other kind of nationality was coming, I'd say the same thing. It's like, I got you. Well, she's doing a lot of good background work. Like she just like spills up her whole massive thing of wine at some point. Yeah. She's like, she seems very jittery and you're like, Ooh, she seems a little nervous there. Or later on, she just kind of like walks by uh-huh. when Walt's talking to Harlan. She's like walks by and stay, like watching in the background. Like there's good little stuff like that to make you like suspect her. The other thing too with Ryan Johnson is I don't think people appreciate how fucking lucky we are that he is so accessible and available to people like via Twitter. Like of all the fucking nonsense nightmare people who like will respond to your tweets, you know, celebrities, we're so fucking lucky to have him. Someone was trying to give him shit the other day for the fact that Fran doesn't drop the tray when she finds Harlan's body. And he's just like, the actress didn't drop the tray. She's really good. (laughs) I mean, I kind of thought that was sort of the point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just as the movie is wrong footing you by dropping a body. Yeah. Right in the, you know, like first minute, she also doesn't do the thing where she just flat out drops it and screams, you know, but I it's, mean, it's like a little bit more of a, a, I don't know, naturalist reaction. But I would also think that if your job involves like subconscious tray or unconscious tray work, you're used to like not 
dropping the fucking. Oh, yeah, how how many movies have we seen where the the person, the maid, whoever drops the thing and mm-hmm. shrieks, and and that's your smash cut? Yeah. Can you imagine the fucking supercut of like looking at the cla- the glass yeah. dropping and smashing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, how long did it take you to figure out the piano key signal? So the piano key signal is when he's basically saying this is a question we should come back to or this is an important point. So the piano key, he hits it. That's his signal he's worked out with Elliot. Elliot is then supposed to ask, when did you get to the party? Okay. Or when did you arrive at the house? Okay. It took me like five viewings to get that. Okay, yeah. It's definitely like noticeable that he's doing a thing there. Yeah, I was for the longest time, I was like, what, what exactly is the piano thing? But I eventually figured out, yeah, because Elliot always follows up with the same question afterwards. It's kind of like, oh, yeah. Uh, and when did you throw to the, the house? Yeah. I fucking love their relationship in that we find out later that, you know, Harlan knew Benoit Blanc's father when he was a cop. We don't ever hear much about um, um, Elliot Lakeith, Lakeith and, Stanfield's like yeah. like relationship to. But Benoit. clearly, they they know each other. Yeah. yeah, they're comfortable. He's a private detective of some renown. You know, he like he knows this guy, so he's like the way he's lures that line. Yeah, he's like, he's not trying to like like now. play into the the legend too much. But at the same time, he calls him Benny. He's comfortable like not being. The usual shitty antagonistic cop. He's not Lestrade, yeah. But he's just kind of like, come on, that's weak sauce. Just You're like, just pouring more weak sauce on What there. are we doing here, Benny? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he kind of exists. I wouldn't say as like an audience avatar, uh, Lieutenant Elliot, but sort of like, I don't know, like an audience advocate. He's like there to kind of call stuff out mm-hmm. and like question it and be like, okay, does this really mean what you, you know, like, is that really that big of a motive? Are you right. sure about that? You know, he's, he's very like, Let's not play into the tropes. Let's play realistic. But also, there's no reason at all an actor as talented as Keith Stanfield can't play this role. But also, his casting, I think, is a political gesture in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's great. Like He's like the one character that I could see making a return, though I doubt oh. that'll be the case. I want him to. Yeah. Personally. He, I, I feel like he's... If a, he's on vacation and there's a murder and he's just like, he looks over and there's Benoit Blanc and he's like, fuck. <laughs> Yeah, although I mean, it most likely it's going to be in a totally different loca- locale. Yeah. But yeah, I, I feel like be. he's like a not completely a foil, but kind of a foil for Benoit Blanc. Yeah, he yeah. he grounds the movie. You need like in in Ryan Johnson's commentary, he talks about like he doesn't want to go full parody. Right, and the movie never wants to totally go bananas like that. You need somebody like the Lieutenant Elliot character to be like, no, this is this is actually real and it's happening. It's this isn't like a complete French farce, you know? Yeah. yeah. I love uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's description of Meg's crypto Marxist post deconstructural poetry feminist theory. Yeah, those exist in college. <laughs> that just reminded me of my alma mater, UC Santa Cruz. Uh, I like how we get the shot of the iPhone recording early. Yeah, that will come up later. Yeah, um, I just kept thinking that's a that's a lot of uh, hard drive space in your phone. It's, it's just audio. Um. Yeah, he's a private detective of some renown. The last of the gentleman sleuths. He solved that case with the tennis champ. <laughs> oh, with the fucking Richard line. Immigrants. We get the job done. And then Trooper Wagner of all people is like, like, uh. <laughs> well, he has that smile like he's like, he wants to smooth it over, but he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. And then he says that he saw Hamilton at the public, you know, like pre-Broadway. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was a real get out moment there. I love how in in the uh, interrogations here, not not really so much with Linda, but with the other three uh, main adults, mm-hmm. Joni, Richard, and Walt, they're clearly lying. Yeah, 
and like Richard's the worst. Richard's the worst. They're kind of recovery, you know, where like the bullshit they spin, it's it's not terrible, you know. It's like, no. well, he came up with something there. But it's also like, is this okay, you definitely have some kind of motive. Is this motive enough? And then, you know, like he Sanfield's like, no, it's not. You know, that's like you know, it's still you need more than that. Yeah. I mean, Joni's way better than Richard because of her whole affect seems so shallow anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh I just love the the and you get to play into Linda there. We're like he's I just really admire the family, you know, Walt's publishing empire. And she's just like, like, I won't be fucking baited. She's like, well, you know, Harlan gives him a book twice a year and he publishes it. And of course you go to Richard and he's like, Walt got a little Irish courage in him that night. I love the rivalry between those two. (laughs) It's so petty. It feels so real, you know, as like this like crusty moneyed old family. I don't think you ever find out why Walt's in a cast. No, I think... I think there might be like a deleted scene about that or something. Okay. But yeah, you don't need to. It's just a good little detail there. He's yeah. got that cane. He's got medicine cane. That thing that people, we fetishize talking about it, but it's hard to make work. The whole movie feels fucking lived in. Like mm-hmm. you get the vibe of this world and none of this seems out of the place in the sense that Harlem Thrombey's like imaginative fantasy world, you know, would. I mean, like there's so many of the rooms in the house. I'm like, man, I fucking want that room. The oh, fact yeah. that the uh, the uh, the knife the knife like uh, Halo room has like a second level. It's like a library, right? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, incredible room. There's like this little little balcony level there. I mean, I guess that's probably what I had in mind. Without maybe so many like I don't know weird statue choices for uh, what's his face is RJ's study there. I um, mean, it's, it's read in classic authors. Study, yeah. yeah. You got the great Nana. <laughs> How old is she? We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> that actress played uh, Martha Kent on Lois and Clark. Oh, Martha. Yeah. Why did you say that name? Yeah. Yeah. Ransom. We get our introduction to she Ransom. Was, she was my, thanks to her, she was my Rosetta Stone to suspect Ransom. Really? Because it's the. Well, do, we, do we want to talk about that now? I think we have to. We're talking about spoiling it, there's, right? Yeah, we're interestingly spoiling. There, there's a certain type of person out there online who's like, I guessed it right away. I just want to be like, no, you didn't. Because whatever you guessed was not what happened in the movie. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I don't say like, ransom up for sure. Lock it in. I was just like, he was my suspect that I kept coming back to because of the, it's a couple times during this where we get the whole thing of him leaving uh-huh. and her and her reaction to it. So then later when she says, ransom are you back again i kept thinking okay there's something there i kept thinking honestly it's either ransom or it's grandma so i guess the way i read it ryan johnson being a clever man yeah he's making he's putting a lot of heat on ransom right from the start he's almost too obvious because he wants you to think this is a little too obvious and i think some people are not clever Mm -hmm. and they're like oh well it just must be him and even though it is him, but in a completely different way from what you thought, mm-hmm. you know, like if, if you're if you're saying in 10 minutes into this movie, you guess that he switched the vials. What the fuck are you talking about? You don't know that there are vials. Right. You know? right, right. But like, I think some people, they just they saw the first guy who seemed suspicious and they're like, yep, it must be him. Yeah. And perhaps uh, you could be too clever. Well, for, no, and for then some people, the, you know? when he makes the deal with her at the diner, I was like, OK, obviously it's not. It's not ransom. Oh, he's putting too much on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's the beauty of the writing, and it's uh-huh. the beauty of Chris Evans. 
both as an actor and like casting the man who yeah. fits the sweater, which also it's not just the one sweater. This is a great sweater. A great movie. sweater movie. Yeah. I'm fucking pissed that we're losing sweater weather here. Cause first of all, everyone looks good in cold wear. Mm-hmm. Everyone looks good. Yeah. And like summer starts next week. And ugh. anyway, um, yeah, I love that Marla just is just constantly hanging out with him as, as, as you said, like when he just wants to complain about the shit that his family's doing and the way he waxes poetic about things like stupid as Richard having an affair. Just why do men pull at the threads of their own parachutes? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, she's got a recursive reaction to Miss Truffin. And then I love her just like, just one moment. I want to get some scope. <laughs> that whole bit where they like bring her the water. I mean, Oh God, it's uh, hilarious. And she's what a perfect actor to play Marta. You know, I mean, I just, she's gorgeous, but they've dressed her down. You know, they yeah. don't have her like with like a total blowout or anything. She's adorable in this movie. But her yeah, whole- just huge, huge, adorable eyes that you like completely want to empathize with. Yeah. Her, her, her like high waters that she constantly wears. The, the, yeah, I wanted to talk about the, the she, is that to make her look shorter maybe? Cause I, I think know. she's somewhat tall. She constantly has pants on that like the hem is like three inches too short. You know, it works. So you her. just see her, her socks. Like, yeah. I feel like she's the fine, and my guess is she's the final Bond girl in this three hour fucking Bond movie. Jesus Christ, man. What, what gets me though is why don't they just bring back what's her name from uh, Quan Wasalis if you're closing out the Daniel Craig book? Who's, Oh, Olga Kirilenko. Yeah, uh, Camille. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Harlan and Marta in the game of Go, um, which I only kind of know how to play Go. Yeah, I don't know how. I get a sense but of it enough that I don't picture. get a sense of it. Yeah, I, I just love the the playfulness between the two. Um, the way he's like he's going like up up yeah or like what whatever he's saying as he like keeps going up the stairs and yeah. she's like yelling at him and he's an old man yeah yeah and they're like talking shit to each other like good naturedly you know it's like oh well, he's not an earthquake yeah. yeah yeah they're just like super fun together mm-hmm. and it, it's like immediately clear that like he's or she's the only one that he can talk to basically about his family and he's like he realizes that his family like basically sucks. Because they're all just leeching off him. Well, and it's it, the the multi-faceted sharpness of the title. The knives initially are out because he's cutting off all of his family for their own good. Um, I've made up my mind. The when we go back to that sequence later, after she's gotten home, and she flashes back again to the aftermath. There is this extended close-up of her just sitting on the step, crying outside of the thing, and it's it's so close, and it's like. You know, most people don't look great when they're crying, and yet it's so tragically beautiful. And it just—it's moment. It just she—you let the emotion play out, and then you see the resolve. Yeah, I want to—I want to circle back to that a little later. Yeah, yeah, because I had some thoughts about that. Um, But uh, also the the, so you listen to the in theater commentary. Yeah, the uh, I was fascinated that the scene where Walt comes to comfort Linda, I believe he said was supposed to be later, like after the will reading. Yeah. It's interesting that they moved it up there. That shot of Walt kind of like looming behind Linda was in the trailer. It immediately made me suspect him because yeah. it just, it seems like he's about to like throttle her from behind or something. Well, just I like think the way you and I is like Hulk's his form there based on casting had the same theory that it was going to be Tony Collette. Yeah. 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 Just not based on the first trailer. She's fucking great. In this yeah. Movie. Um, I have my notes here. Maybe you'll agree with this. I feel like Ryan Johnson is working at like, like David Fincher levels of visual storytelling in this. Oh Yeah. 
Like, uh, there's a purpose to what he's doing. Fincher yeah. has that quote: "There's two ways to shoot a scene; the other way's wrong." Like, I feel like that is Ryan John. He's like a more accessible Fincher in this movie. Like every shot, like I know from the commentary that he storyboarded everything, mm-hmm. which more directors should really do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like it's so perfectly constructed. It's just like why can't more movies be made with this kind of care and detail? The other thing that Fincher does just the close out this thought, this tab on Fincher in my brain now is there's a nerd writer video that I, I watched about Fincher's visual style that I haven't been able to not see since. And that the camera in Fincher's movies is always moving and it always tracks the primary character. So if they get up, if they like start to lean out of their chair to get a drink. Like the camera tilts up a little bit with them. Um, but yeah, it, you, you don't really see the work that Ryan Johnson and, um, I can't remember his his DP are doing. Uh, Yellen, yeah, yeah, but it's, but there's some great like Twitter stuff where they're talking about their visual style, like the uh, the light thing, the apparatus they had for behind or in front of the actors for a lot of the actors who wear glasses mm. to mimic like if there was a window behind them or in front of them when there usually wasn't. Yeah, yeah, it's just such a small detail. I don't know, it's fascinating. On well, the various angles we get, you know, like the first times we're introduced to Benoit Blanc. Uh, first, it's a, a long shot, and then there's kind of like a low angle looking up on him, and you know the way the the edits and cuts follow eye lines and whatnot. It's just like it's all really intelligent. Just mm-hmm. like it's not like trick shots. It's just no. like what a what a robust way to tell a story. You know, the way they angle just some of the stuff where he's sitting by the piano watching before he's actually said anything. It tells you a lot about what you need to perceive of Benoit, Benoit Blanc in this moment. Uh-huh. I'm going to start saying Benny, but I also want to keep saying Benoit Blanc as much as possible. Uh, also, Mr. Blank. Yeah. <laughs> Detective Blanc. Well, you, the, the, you... the moment when he leans in and we get our first real close-up of him, you know, like, yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's God, it all comes square so perfectly. But uh, there's been times where I really kind of thought about maybe I'll go find Deadly by Surprise with Danica McKellar. <laughs> Make it supplementary material. Yeah. Um, it's my second favorite Michael Shannon line reading in his entire career, let alone this movie, is have you been smoking grass? Have you been smoking grass? And it's like it doesn't like if she said yes, I don't think he'd like ground her. But he's yeah. just kind of like like kind of curious slash like concerned, you know. I think Walt wants to be offered some. Maybe like he wants I don't to think be he would, cool. He would not ask. No, he but, wants to be offered. Walt wants to be cool. That's his whole thing. He definitely does, yeah. Even if it's hanging out with his niece and the housekeeper. Calling it grass. Because <laughs> he's got this kind of hippie who had to kind of grow up and, and have a job vibe to him. Oh, he just he works for his dad, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's got a job where he presumably has employees. But, like, you can tell he's, like, not. Maybe. I don't know. I just got to. I mean, it's a publishing. They probably hired, like, temps, like, to do translations and whatnot. Well, you he know? has at least, like, a, a secretary or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. anyway. Maybe it's just uh, Ricky Lindholm. Observe the facts without bias of the head or heart. Love the shot of Marta listening at the window. Yeah. The way she like speeds closer and then his eye comes in. Yeah. yeah. Just the con- the symbiotic connection between them is so, I don't know. Some of the shit, it's like, obviously he's a craftsman. He's, he's worked, he's know what he's doing. It just feels so, like it just fell into place. Well, the, there's like a, a, from the other side, like shot of her feet like tapping nervously at the yeah. beginning of that scene, you know, that'll come up later. Yeah. You know, with her shoe there. Yeah. Uh, and the spot of blood on it. Yeah. God, it's so smart. Also the fact that he doesn't, there's a part later. I just, I saw this. I, I know we're skipping way ahead here, but like 
there's a part where he doesn't tell her when she's just like, you're really not a very good detective, are you? And he's like, well, to be fair, you're not a very good murderer or whatever. And she has the most adorable smile on her yeah. face when she's, when but it's he like, he yeah. could have told her about the shoe right then. And I love that he waited. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I love like uh, Linda, Jamie Lee Curtis are getting like increasingly annoyed as people go up the stairs. Yeah. You know, like the creaking awful stairs. And she's just like, you know, very light sleeper. Like, I don't know. She doesn't have like a ton to work with, but I feel like she's so perfectly mm-hmm. kind of, you know, illustrates what type of person this is. Oh, she's fucking nailed She's it. Yeah. not as terrible as some of her siblings, but she kind of is in her own way. Like she just allows it all to happen because she's very privileged, you know. And it even even with her, Ransom is the one who pulls out the rug where it's just like, yeah, my mother started her business with a million dollar endowment for my grandfather. Which is, uh, you know, his neighbors never mentioned this movie, but there's some, some choice. No, not Hugh. Oh. Uh, no. Uh, Mr. Uh, sometimes we need an asshole. Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah. They never say his name. Yeah. But uh, it's a fail just, family. Yeah. Yeah. This is another fail family here. And that's the beautiful political actor. He doesn't deserve to have his fucking name mentioned. I love the physical acting of Anna de Armas uh, in the scene with Harlan. Like just the work of like giving him the injections. Like I, I have to imagine she went and like studied, you know, like nurses or something because she's doing it all like perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like her form is great. And as she's like having this conversation with him and it's it, it, she's all reacting, you know, she's mm-hmm. mostly not even saying anything there as he's like soliloquying. But like, I don't know, it's she's really impressed me with her performance in this movie. And it's, it's not like capital a acting, you know, like, no, uh, no. like Renee Zellweger, it's is so Judy, you know, yeah it's, yeah, it's all exactly what the character needs. You know, I could very well see her have gotten a nomination. I can, that she would have adamantly deserved. And I kind yeah, of, if I ran the Academy, she would have Christopher Plummer. She got too. the Oscar. Christopher Plummer. Christopher which, Plummer's great in this. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think he was nominated for beginners. I can't remember if he won the Ewan McGregor movie. Um, I mean, has he ever won? I think he he won for like maybe Sound of Music or something, didn't he? Where he played the Nazi, maybe I don't know. Yeah. Also, Anna de Armas, who's no, like, he wasn't a Nazi in that. He was uh, no, he's like he's like tangentially with the Nazis. He, he wasn't part of the Nazi party. No, though. no, I know, yeah. I know, I know, I know. But it's like um, Edelweiss, man, yeah, <laughs> it's true. Uh-huh. No one is ever saying Edelweiss is a Nazi. <laughs> um, I'd watch that movie a lot as a kid. Did you? I have two sisters. You're both uh, older than me. Yeah. She's great in that. Julie Andrews? Yeah. Sure. I haven't seen it since uh, junior high. There, I remember there was the one week of class where the teacher was just like, I got nothing. We're watching Sound of Music. That's a whole day. Yeah. No, it was it was a whole week. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember the, uh, the, the older sister is cute. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fuck, what was I going to say? I don't know. Oh, uh, you know, Under Armour is professionally glamorous and gorgeous. You know, like it's a treat to see her like premieres and stuff. She's never sexier than the whatever premiere or thing they went to where she wore the tux. Oh, shit. She can wear a tux. Anyway, uh, so Marta comes back home to Spanish murder she wrote. I love that it, it takes like two or three seconds for somebody to come in and say something. Yeah. For you to realize it's dubbed. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So that, those, that beat you described earlier where she kind of like gets her shit together on the stairs. Mm-hmm. After seeing Harlan cut his own throat. Did you That's graphic. At, at any point have a, a moment of suspicion for Marta that she might be playing some sort of long game or something? Cause there, yes. she, cause her face becomes very kind of like calm and impassive on mm-hmm. the stairs. And then she comes home and she gives her mom kind of like a weird look 
you know, just kind of like this, mm-hmm. you know, expressionless, mm-hmm. emotionless look and like sits there and leans back. And it's like, wait a minute. Is she maybe up to something? Here's the thing about the real life Kuleshov effect. It's 100% possible to see a person and infer the wrong motives. Yeah. In their well, actions. then it, and it cuts the little blood drop and it's like, I don't know. I feel like the, I think Ryan Johnson had to know that we might suspect a little in that moment. I think he wants you to. Yeah. He, he's, you know, he's doing little things with the Ricky Lynn home in the background of shots and whatnot. He's dropping these subtle little things here and there. He wants you to keep guessing. Oh, so the, the, the detail from earlier that really got me, I was like mentally in the theater, like writing this down in my little notepad as I'm like, gathering my clues much like harlan yeah Yeah, is um when they're going through the stuff out there like on the veranda or whatever before she comes out to throw up and uh uh elliot is just explaining like no 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 the arterial spray was uninterrupted Mm. and i was like oh shit how did the killer do it you know before before i knew the situation wait and he's just trying to be like like where would this person be standing you know but yeah this this the whole thing with the martyr flashback with go and all that stuff going forward that's when I was just like, fuck, throw out everything I suspected. God damn, Ryan Johnson. I don't know what's happening here. You've gone full Hitchcock. <laughs> oh, I think that's when I was like, wait, is he somehow not dead? Is this some sort of setup where he didn't really kill himself? Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, also, just that that bit uh, before he slashes his throat where she he he discovers that like she screwed up the doses mm. and he's like, well, what's going to happen to me? And she's like, Oh, you know, 10 minutes, blah, blah. And he's like, well, this is interesting. Let me write this down. Yeah. You know, like he's not quite taking it seriously yet, which I just love like perfect mystery writer, like curiosity there, you know? Yeah. The 10 minutes. And I love that he was worked out. Well, it's been about eight minutes so far. Uh Oh <laughs> yeah. Just the, the, the talk about physical acting when we still see her fumbling through the banks, we don't even see her face. So we're playing off that. But she's getting just, more and more yeah, distressed. Yeah, she's just frantically yeah. in her voice. And then he's just like watching her. And his, his face is just full her of... Her like, eyes are so glassy and, and wet. Yeah, he's just full of such yeah. like tragic love for she's her. Wants like, to take care of her. <laughs> yeah, so then we see the shoe. Or as Lady Macbeth would say, there's a spot. Um, which just lets us know there's something. There's something that could go wrong here. And I really like that like it, it makes sense that Harlan would be the one to give Marta this like brilliant cover. Because... Yeah. That's how his mind works. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. a mystery writer. He's like, I'm gonna, I got it all worked out. Oh, what's the line? We've got to make it so airtight that even the average beat cop can't screw it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just having having Benoit Blanc then thrust her into the uh, like, you'll be my Watson. You'll be yeah. my Watson. And the yeah. game is afoot. Also, there's a part of me that was just like, I have to be back here at eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> there, I want to say there's like at least five mentions on the IMDb trivia. Of how the game is afoot is a Sherlock reference. It's like, thanks, guys. IMDb mentions are fucking weird. Does nobody curate those? They're fucking weird. Though some every once in a while I find things that are like fascinating, but they're usually like interpersonal details of celebrities I don't need to know. Uh Meg's uh, vape pen, I feel like is just inherently funny. She has a jewel. Do people who vape think they look cool? <laughs> I don't know. I just think of that onion article every uh, time. Bounty Hunter from the future? Yeah. <laughs> man who clearly must be a bounty hunter from the future <laughs> walks in with his e-cigarette also this movie was a surprise for me i was like oh shit mmo walsh is still alive i like the uh look at me i'm still alive just the photo of ricky J on the fridge that's a nice touch because he was supposed to be he this supposed role. To be that role yeah um what is the thing from the commentary where mmo walsh shows up and he hands everybody a two dollar bill 
Oh, I don't remember he's much got, beyond that, but he, he just got, has like some in a, a yeah, like a like a so, little you know laminated thing of all the movies he's been in. Or well, something there's like, like that, yeah. some joke where it's just like like if you don't get anything else out of working with me, you get this two dollar bill or whatever. Yeah. It's like fucking weird. I love the the little bit where Walt's trying to talk to the, the great grand nana, mm. and then Jamie Lee Curtis comes over and she's like, "Shut up! She's already eaten the entire salmon spread." That one just hit perfectly square at home for me. It's just. Is uh, what's his name's mom still alive? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is she like this now? Not exactly, but close enough. She's the uh, my my husband was hung. We can't tell that story on okay. there. Um. Now that we told half of it, yeah, you'll have to just guess on the uh-huh. Patreon level. You get the other half. Uh, recording the surveillance footage on VCR. <laughs> well, he's like, now we got all this new technology. It's a fucking VCR, black and white television. She gets this fucking ridiculous little like fruit magnet that she's just like I rubbing just, over. It. Trooper Wagner's like, oh, it's like a Japanese horror movie. I mean, I know obviously it's it's uh it's Ryan Johnson's best friend. That guy's great. Let's just observe the differences between JJ bringing his buddy, yeah, Dominic Monaghan on to just just fart up every scene yeah. he's in. In uh, the Rise well, of Skywalker, both of his buddies, yeah, yeah, versus uh, Noah Seed in this, he secretly kills, yeah, like he's like he's incredible in this movie, and and without detracting from any of the leads or anyone else, he's just like a perfect little seasoning on top, you know. Well, I love that, like everywhere he had to go make an appearance for like the award circuit. If he couldn't bring Katrina, he brought Noah Seed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm I'm very familiar with some of the Harlan Thrombey titles because i i fucking worked on that uh stupid online quiz oh, was there a, thing, a thing? Okay. thing yeah it was like you had this kind of things where you could read and it was like something you get to figure out one of the one of the titles and you could kind of see the bookshelf um Can so martyrs got herself a ginormous tom baker scarf which is adorable oh this the scarves and the sweaters this i love when she gets home to her mom that that scene we we're talking about uh-huh. she takes off her scarf and throws it directly onto the ground it's hilarious <laughs> Uh, okay, just give you a little Benoit Blanc dialogue here. Please. It describes the path of a projectile determined by natural law. And voila, my method. I observe the facts without bias of the head or heart. I determine the arc's path, stroll leisurely to its terminus, and the truth falls at my feet. It's just such nonsense, but I, it's like a perfect, like all all the old like detectives, like uh Perot and mm. you know other Sherlock the fucking little gray cells. They all yeah. have these like stupid, you know, little monologues about their method. The impossible, yeah. yeah. Well, but also you're an actor. You're like, I've got a couple of accents I can use. Oh, this in my ridiculous accent? Like fine wine. Um so as they're going the the back way, just the little the little Hitchcock moment of her where they're all looking at one thing and she sees the fucking muddy foot muddy footpath. And she just starts like stomping through there. Well, you don't see it yet. You just pan back to them and then they're like, ooh, wait, did it rain? Then and go back to her and she's already walked through it. Yeah. Mata, Mata. And she's like, what? 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 And she's just like contaminating this evidence more and more and more. Yeah. Well, she fucks up the VHS tape right before it gets yeah. to midnight. Yeah. How do you fast forward on this thing? Yeah. Oh, I got it. Yeah. And then she's got the magnet to degauss it. That thing is fucking smoking when it pops <laughs> out. <laughs> uh, what is it? So the will readings. You think it'd be like a game show, but think of it more as a community theater reading of a tax return. <laughs> well, I love her being recruited as Blanc's Watson because it's it's an opportunity for her for sure. Yeah. She can be closer to it, but it's also got to be a terrifying proposition to Marta. 
Um, it's like this is no longer who done it. It's like a can she get away with it? It's like completely shifts genres. You know, was it intentional? What you just said what you said who done it? Perhaps not. Perhaps it was subliminal. Uh, I don't want to mention this Agatha Christie novel again mm. because I mentioned it once. Murder before. of Roger Ackroyd. I, no spoilers. No spoilers for anyone, but you can now. That's the best place to put the person that you suspect to make them your sidekick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I like that they never put. I mean, he obviously he says like, "Oh, I knew from the beginning the blood industry," but they still don't point out exactly like what he knew besides that. So right. it, it keeps it mysterious enough that yeah. it's not. Yeah, he could be this quiet itself. genius. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the fact that the one time we see him you know, being a little more honest about his thoughts, his methods away from the family. I like tone wise. She's still right there. Otherwise we don't really get a lot of scenes where it's like Marta's not present. And he's like talking to Elliot and yeah. Wagner. Cause that would ruin the perspective mm-hmm. because then now it's, it's a suspense movie about, can she get away with this crime more than it is a whodunit? Yeah. And then it magically turns back into whodunit. At the yeah. End. It's yeah. amazing. Um, there's some incredible long shots of dogs entering the scenes. Like there's like two in particular that like, I'm just blown away by how they got the dog timing that good. Yeah. Like, I, I wonder how many takes they had to do, but it's like, you see a dog coming from like a hundred feet away. You know, this must've been such an easy palate cleanser of a production after last Jedi. Oh, I mean, they did in like a couple months. Yeah. I mean, again, there's some, there's some fascinating Twitter. The, stuff. This whole movie happened because Dan, like they delayed bond for a few months. Yeah. And it's just like, hey, Daniel Craig, you want to make a murder mystery? He's like, yeah. Yeah. And they got him. And so then everyone else kind of fell into place because it became that kind of caliber. But there's some great like Twitter moments with the DP and Ryan Johnson where like a lot of the nighttime scenes are filmed during the day. Hmm. You know, they, night, yeah. Yeah, they, they adjusted it's, it CVL better than I've ever the, seen before. CV Allen's like a genius with like post-production. Yeah. Yeah. This is Ryan Johnson's first digital movie, but Looks you like never film. know it because Steve Yellen like invented this whole process of. Like adding like halation to digital images mm. to make them look like film, just some nerd stuff. Um, yeah, the the long shots of dogs, I love. I love that it, it takes a while. It, it isn't like he immediately notices the trellis. So like it takes a little while for that to come back with the the baseball kind of guiding things around slowly. But the emphasis that you as an audience member put on observing it and like, will she get away with it? You know, you're holding your yeah. breath. And that he's just not looking at it. Like you have to also, it's, it's so earmarked and bookmarked in your brain. You have to be wondering, is this intentional on his own part? Well, there's a, a leisurely he, like languidness to it. You know, yeah. it's, it's not Could he naturally life or not death? notice yeah. it, you know, this, this organically. Um, so yeah, Benoit Blanc has to gently request everyone stay in town. Uh, Elliot requests <laughs> it a little more firmly. I love. He's like he requested it. I'm. That's an order for yeah. me. Yeah. So like, let's just like, can I ask if something has changed? He's like, well, no, no, I can't ask or no, nothing has changed. <laughs> uh, please proceed. <laughs> uh, and I like just the the will reading. I mean, you kind of. I think you kind of suspect this is where it has to go with Marta. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think I was suspecting at this point. I, I got a big lull out of uh, Frank Oz the lawyer telling them that it's actually not necessary for y'all to be here. When he first walks in, he's like, I'm just gonna be setting up in the other room. His assistant is great. She's just like carrying all these boxes. <laughs> not sure what they're for. Yeah. Considering it's an envelope. <laughs> oh, maybe it's just like a catalog of assets or something like that. But yeah. when she's like, when they're awake waiting around later and she's just like asleep in the corner, 
And yeah, just some choice lines from Richard and Walt here, joylessly masturbating to pictures of Ted Deer, which is, uh, just gonna say that one in my back pocket there. Yeah. Um, kick whatever fashion drug you're on. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wonder, was that in the scripts? It, because from the commentary, it sounds like Michael Shannon, like he, he provided some of his own that Ryan Johnson really liked. Yeah. I think Michael Shannon was like the second one they they cast after uh, Daniel Craig. The only role that they really like auditioned for was for Marta, and thank fuck it it worked out perfectly. Um, well, the cast I you need an all star cast I think for these movies because if it had just been like Daniel Craig, Anna Darmus, and Chris Evans, and like I don't know like a bunch of TV actors or character actors, Chris Evans sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah. He's like a total ringer. Yeah, you know. But like if you have Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Shannon and you know Don John. It's like okay, we've got this whole and, and yeah. yeah, Tony Collette, and they're all yeah. making a feast out of all this. Yeah, knives out, beaks bloody. How about some more cookies, Hugh? You want some more cookies? Hey, maybe Harlan left you a full glass of milk in his will, asshole. <laughs> Eat shit. Oh, he's just Eat like shit. shoving those cookies in his face. Eat shit. Eat shit. Eat shit. Or was it the other one? Up your ass. The, Up your ass. The disdain that he immediately has for Benoit Blanc. Oh, what is it? CSI, KFC? Well, the way he like, they try to talk to him, you know, like uh, Hugh Drysdale. And he's like, it's ransom. Nobody, only the help calls me Hugh. And he just walks right past him. And I think it's Trooper Wagner's like, sir, yeah. I'm an officer of the law. And yeah. it's like voice kind of cracks a little. Oh, I mean, the, the classic, though, the dogs don't like him. Yeah. Well, and he has to... Uh, what's his face that ransom he has to like establish that like he has the power here or at least he's, he's trying to portray that like I'll talk to you when I feel like it type of thing that's know? also the other thing too is we've heard that the dogs woke up Meg and yeah so you see the dogs don't like ransom I have, so I'll have a comment about the dogs later you're thinking yeah. about it uh-huh. um, but yeah he, he in the commentary Ryan Johnson mentioned that he has I mean we've seen ransom like very briefly previously mm-hmm. but like he kind of swoops in at about like the 40 or so minute mark much like Han Solo, like entering Star Wars, uh, just like a breath of fresh air, just like to kick it up a notch, you know, after we kind of settled just in. Just a, a tidal wave of, of a different kind of energy. Yeah. yeah. Like you think you've seen entitled assholes. Well, guess what? <laughs> but he's he's an entitled asshole, but also like kind of he knows that his family's bullshit. And so it's like, yeah. well, you know. Well, also, quite frankly, entitled asshole looks good on him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, before Captain America, I feel like my favorite role with him was uh, Scott Pilgrim. Mm. Um, what was the character's name? I can't remember. Call now. I don't remember. Uh, the but skater. That, yeah. Yeah. That asshole boyfriend. Who's like the actor, right? He was. Yeah. He's like a skateboard actor. Yeah. Has, has his own stunt company or uh, skate company or something like that. I just remember. I remember the day that he got or I read that he got cast and I was like, but he was the human torch. He was the only good thing about those movies, though, was like the human torch, though. So I really didn't see a lot of them. I only saw the first one, hmm. but he he had a pulse in that movie. No one else did. Well, yeah, he, that's the thing about Chris Evans. He's always been, I don't want your wife. Yeah, he's always had that thing. Mm-hmm. That movie is secretly. No, wait. Yeah, that's not another team movie, right? I think so. Not another team movie is secretly like uh, one of those like dumb parodies that works. The uh, the whole thing about like, do you think the, the can't hardly wait joke of... Uh, do you think that I give every guy who writes me a romantic love letter my phone number? No, I give them hand jobs. <laughs> yeah, so the will reading it happens. 
everyone flips the fuck out, including Michael Shannon. Uh, no, no, uh, no, <laughs> no. <Yes. laughs> the little troll with his like, did you have sex with my grandpa? You dirty little anchor baby. He is so horrible. <laughs> I love that he's like the personification of these shitheads going after Ryan Johnson on Twitter. I would almost argue that Frank Oz is too aloof for the movie. I think he's just right. He's great in the next scene. In this scene, I don't know. I just, I just, I, I just love how the assistant has to keep pointing. Uh, yes. Uh, also, the house. <laughs> well, like when he opens the envelope and he's like, oh, yeah, I guess this won't be that involved at all. <laughs> um, the, the Jacob Thrombey's like only contribution as he's joyously masturbating in the bathroom is that he heard uh, the argument where uh, his affect is so fucking creepy. I heard two things. Yeah. The first, yeah. Yeah, well, it's uh, my will and I'm warning you, yeah. right? Yeah. So they, she escapes with Ransom to get away from them. They get to this uh, apparently real diner. Um, just the beginning, I kept thinking in the theater, I didn't quite put it together, but I was like, why would you ask for an extra bowl? <laughs> That'll come up later. And, and it's funny, too, because what the waitress brings him is a massive fucking bowl, too. <laughs> oh you need it yeah um real quick just the when they discover like the the weird like hidden window or whatever Uh the wallpaper upstairs the the paint well the painting in front of the the window is great the painting but just the wallpaper in general of those upstairs rooms is incredible it's like it's weird spiral like psychedelic Uh, that actually reminded me a little of um the weird wallpaper in the center in the first season Mm -hmm. also aria's bedroom yes which is the a direct reference to that short story. Um, if if I was Lucy Hale's, I don't know, confidant, I'd be like, look at what Anna de Armas is doing in this movie. See if you can get one of these kind of roles. It's all a great headline in an article the other day. The headline was just, Lucy Hale has to explain to her father that she's not actually great at sex. And I was like, what could this be about? Something with Katie Keene? I don't even know. No, so... She's on that issue, the cover of Cosmo. Oh, right, right. And so yeah. the, her dad thought that all There's of the like headlines a weird headline, yeah. are all about her. Uh-huh. And so she has to explain, no, the great sex article is not about me. <laughs> yeah, so apparently the family played Mafia the last 4th of July. And that's when he learned that Marta pukes when she lies. <laughs> and he just had a full plate of baked beans and sausage. I Which, love the way ooh, that's going to come up. I love the way Ransom lies by telling the truth. Yeah. It's like, I know he shouldn't say this out loud, but when he told me, I, Jesus, I could have killed him. And it's like, he's, that's exactly what he did. You know, like every, everything he's saying is the truth, but presented in such a way, much like she tells the truth in a way, like the, uh, the you know, kind of edited truth to, to Blanc like earlier. Well, I don't think he, I don't think he doesn't love his, his grandfather, but also, he wants he's, that money. he's been raised by his grandfather. He knows that that there's an antagonistical nature to all things. And so he he's also legitimately wants to know how the other half of all this worked out. So he's just like, tell me what happened to my grandpa. Like, yeah. I need to know the other half of my scheme. Oh, oh, yeah. Marta, I know three things. One, I know I didn't commit suicide. I don't think it. I know it. Two, I know lying makes you puke. And three, I know you just ate a full plate of baked beans and sausage. Ooh, that's going to come up. She's like, asshole. Um, so meanwhile, we get the family like Googling. Well, but before that, actually, I just want to circle back to a couple of things I liked from the will reading. Um, at one point, Linda orders the cops to get out of her house. Yeah. And, uh, detective or Lieutenant Elliot, he doesn't move a muscle. No, I, I love that detail about him. He's just like completely unfazed 
by this asshole entitled family. Well, also Benoit Blanc just goes and sits down. Yeah. And uh, when Linda's, uh, she says, um, uh, what is, where's the line here? I just had it. Um, we are the thrombies. God damn it. This is still our house. And they look back to Frank Oz. And he's like, oh, uh, yes, the uh, house to Marta Cabrera as well. <laughs> so we get the introduction of the Slayer rule, which is fascinating because it's couched in comedy. Like, Did you just Google that? Yes, I just, just Google that. Um, the fact that Marta might actually lose everything that's acquired. Like it's like another like knife pointing at her, mm-hmm. like more stakes. Um, also, the, the lawyers and the local accountants got paperwork to her fucking toot suite. She's on the yeah, news seriously. that morning and they've already got shit tons of paperwork to her house. I think this could be the best thing to happen to all of you. <laughs> Love that bit. Everyone, uh, Chris Evans is driving away there. And also that like uh, Richard has a line where like I think Linda is like why didn't you do something? He's like what am I supposed to do? Grab the bumper with my teeth? <laughs> he just like does not give a shit through the whole movie. He's just like enjoying being like the you know hanger on to his wife. Although it's interesting that uh, Ransom brings up later how there's like a prenup and yeah. you know like in, she's gonna buy the balls in Ransom in Ransom's perspective like what a horrible you know life to be trapped in you know to to just basically have to be faithful to your wife I guess you know like, well like yeah, and just, to to not be the breadwinner well but like in Ransom's viewpoint his father well, there's no reason his father much like himself should go build his own thing uh-huh. you know um. Yeah, so the next morning, I adore how bad Walt is at intimidating Marta. Like, he's trying to give her the carrot and the stick about the resources of the family with the lawyers and everything to protect her mom from being deported. And she's like, well, Harlan did give me all of your resources, so... And he's like, uh, uh... Uh, (laughs) Well, back to the night before, um, when Walt and Linda are talking about you know, like the, they say something like, oh, she got her, her hooks into him. And they're both making these same like hook hand gestures together. It's very sibling-esque, you know, like it's like, oh, yeah, these two are definitely related. Um, there's that great like classic camera dolly back out into the great hall mm-hmm. where Benoit Blanc has been sitting by the fire the whole time. Mm-hmm. And you get the classic, I suspect, foul play. I have eliminated no suspects. And Richard's just like, you're full of shit. I don't trust this guy in the tweed suit. And Alan, you're useless. And Alan's like, just like, thank you. I can leave. The sister wakes up and they leave. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, the, you know, again, the beautiful mystery shot of uh, Meg on the phone with the light across her eyes. The light across the eyes. You start to suspect Meg maybe a little. And this is where, where Meg, like she was kind of the good one mm. so far. We and then it's heroes. like, ooh, when push comes to shove and you find out you might not be able to go to college. Now you're totally going to sell out. We are his actual family. Yeah. yeah. You're going to sell out Marta, your supposed friend's, you know, mother's, uh, you know. Uh, status in the country as leverage but you can tell that like meg thinks she's still she thinks she's woke but yeah because but their whole their whole like we want to take care of you marta we just want you to know that you know before the will reading there's a little bit of a cohen-esque like callback to certain lines dialogue like when when marta is like well i'm gonna take care of you you know on the Mm -hmm. phone yeah like clearly meg's not interested in that they want all the money they just (laughs) we just want you to give us all the money back because you're not actually family right and Marta, well, Marta never comes out. The will. Yeah. I like the way Marta never comes out and says 100% I'm keeping the money, but she never says I'm considering giving it back either. Well, it's she's like, well, this is what Harlan wanted, right? The movie is very good about never playing Marta being like, oh shit, I'm rich. 
she's playing they're they're playing it very much with this is what Harlan wanted. Marta's like, I'm screwed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she knows because she, having been Harlan's friend, she knows his frustrations and why he wanted to cut them off. Mm-hmm. Even though she didn't know it would look like this. But she's she's not really trying to play the game to keep the money as much as just stay out of trouble. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Even when uh, uh Ransom enters a scene and is like, I'm gonna help you win because I want some of that money and then you can keep the rest. Right. Her goal isn't really the money as much as just you know, covering up because she thinks she could go to jail. Right, right. And the uh, movie's very good about the, that wrinkle keeps her from ever thinking like, oh, I also have all this money because she's got the Hitchcockian yeah. fear of being caught. Well, it is. I mean, they, they give Ransom the like that new motivation to help her mm-hmm. and guide her. It is, if you're not paying attention, it's easy though to just read that as he's suspicious, you know? It's like you, right. you kind of have to follow along and I could see how people could lose a thread there. And just think like, oh, he's guiding her around. What's he up to? Well, but it's, it's like he actually does have perfectly good motivations. And they play for that. him as this, you know, still kind of complicated guy because he's going to help her. You're not going to give up that money. You're going to keep all of it. You're going to. He's gonna, he's still helping her. And you're like, almost like it's supposed to be like a romantic angle here. And then there's he's just a, like, there's a little bit of sexual tension. I think it's it's slightly Raylo esque. So some of the same vibes at play. Slightly, slightly. I don't know if I call them enemies to lovers exactly, but there's uh there's some heat, I would say. But his his like once he comes back in with and I'm gonna get my cut. Yeah, and she's like, like, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're like, okay. He's being true to himself. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um I love his he has that great huh after he like finishes hearing her her story about well, everything that happened. And the way the way we call back to that later and it's like, Oh, he's saying huh for a completely different reason than what we thought. Yeah. Like the way he just like kinda like touches his face. Like he clearly doesn't have the coronavirus. No, maybe. Um. Yeah, but you can also throughout the movie. That from this point on, though, I love you. Almost feel bad for how hard Ransom has to work he, to walk her down yeah. his path because she she doesn't really want to pay, play the game. Have you, have you have you fucking checked your email today? Hey, anyone call you? You check your email out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Walt has that super creepy scene in the hallway where it's like it's like I'm not trying to scare you, but yes, I am. Yeah, you know, and it's it just his cane. He's very intimidating. He's much bigger than her. Boom. Yeah, but then she just, you can't, like, you can't underestimate Marta. She's just like, well, Harlan did give me all your resources. So, so, so I guess I have those resources so I could get those, you know, big yeah. shot New York lawyers. Yeah. Um, Ransom has a hell of a pad. This is yes. my, my, one of my questions about this movie. Like, is that, a, is it, a, does he have like a big mortgage that he needs to pay? Like, how bad off would he be if he was cut off? I assume he doesn't work. But like, were you arguing that he needs to sell the house? I'm just wondering, like, is is that all on loan? Like, does he actually not have any money, or could he just sell the house and have plenty of money? You know? Yeah, I wonder. Because that that is a incredible pad that he has. It makes me wonder about a lot of like the the wealthy scions. Like prior to all the methods by which I would be aware of Paris Hilton, you know, the fucking reality TV shows like that, and, and the music. I kept thinking, like, well, what, what did she do prior? Did she just, like, get paid for appearances at nightclubs? Like, what do you... No, she's in a sex tape. But, I mean, prior to that, even. You know, she, for know a couple... It was prior to that. But, really. I mean, she was still a rich woman in her 20s for she's some time. She's just an time. heiress. Yeah. But, I mean, like... You're you, an heiress. You, you can just, go to the popular clubs and be seen with But I, I kept basically. wondering, like, are people paying her for some of these appearances as well? Probably eventually. I mean, they'll pay celebrities to go to clubs and whatnot. So. I mean, I know, obviously, later on... Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just... What does Ransom do with his time? Well, that's like, that's what you could theoretically do if you had shitloads of money. 
and I'm sure they're not just Paris and Hilton has done this over the last, you know, two decades, but you can just be like, well, I'm an attractive 20 something. I'm going to go to this very popular club. I can get in by throwing money around. And now I'm rubbing shoulders with models and celebrities and actors. And now I'm kind of part of that scene, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, don't get me wrong. If I had some fuck you billions, I'd do some real weird shit, but I would also, you know, I know that you can buy karma. So I'd be very interested in seeing like, what would it cost to bring clean water to Flint? And why the fuck can't I do that? Yeah, less than Mike Bloomberg is spending for sure. Yeah. Um, I have gotten now nine fucking things in the mail in one week from Mike Bloomberg. I don't think I've got Write any me problem. a check, bitch. Mm. <laughs> uh, Ransom's pad. If you look in the background, there's like kind of like a bunch of jugs on like a, a shelf. One of them is missing. That's the one that he throws through the window to, oh. to burn the place down. But uh, uh, I love that in contrast to Harlan's place, it's primarily windows. Mm-hmm. Lots of big windows. Um, there's some New Yorkers on the coffee table. Kind of about, paying close attention. Yeah. That's how he found out about Benoit Block. But he's he's just got cash on hand. Just like throw a bunch of cash into an envelope. Uh, by the way, these characters are getting up early and accomplishing a lot. Because I think we see her phone with the missed calls, and it's still like early in the morning. Well, he had to go meet uh, Fran at eight for that whole. But process. I mean, yeah, he's. I'm not getting up to go threaten somebody's life and inject them with uh, morphine or whatever at eight in the morning. How, can we do this at eleven? Okay, man. Yeah, I mean, it's too early. I have to get up early now. So, can't how's, relate. How's that working out for you? I'm managing. You know, I get up at about 7.15. Don't get me wrong. I get to my office between 8.30 and 9, but like, mm-hmm. I'm not really there until like about noon. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, the bit after the like uh, medical examiner's office burns down, mm-hmm. and you see the, the fire trucks pulling out, Benoit Blanc rolls up, I think with Trooper Wagner or just some random person. I'm not sure. Hmm. Uh, he just steps out and he goes, what's the cheese? <laughs> he just really uncorks some incredible, uh, you know, colloquial turns of the phrase there. <laughs> and he's, he's like, has all these weird kind of goofball moments. Like he's singing, you know, on the iPod at one point, Dana um, Craig's actual iPod touch when they're walking through the uh, menagerie tragedy trilogy. Uh, he's just like making these weird noises, like repeating like the words oh, yeah, to yeah. himself. About What's something. the word? It's like Pokemon or yeah, I can't yeah. remember the word, but he's just like rhyming and just like being weird. Yeah. yeah. Which is probably all there to make you think like maybe this guy's a dunce, you know, maybe he's Again, not actually. Like, they do a good, a good job with him considering this is a guy who also plays James Bond, but it's what Brana misses with his Perot is the reason why you have this egg-shaped little man who has all these weird affectations and looks like David Suchet or Peter Ustinov is because he's supposed to seem so physically unthreatening that you're going to underestimate his intelligence too. So by making well, him and also like a Blanc, tall action hero with like a bird in flight as a mustache, you lose it. You know what I mean? Benoit Blanc is there to solve the mystery. He's not there to have the dramatic arc. Right. You know, right. like the dramatic arc is all with Marta. Right. But they do a good job, though, of not not ever giving you the impression that Benoit Blanc is going to be like in a physical foot chase. Yeah, that's He's not, not this kind of movie. parkour yeah. like in Casino Royale. It's, it's, it's not going to do some weird like cane work or something. The, the actual chase, as as Elliot says, is the stupidest car chase ever. Yeah. 
It's just like, oh, that was stupid. Which, by the way, the, the adorable little moment of go, go, go. Are you flooring it? I am literally flooring it. like 55. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just drive up next to her holding up the phone. Like, are you going to answer this? Did not that remind you of the uh, the Mr. F phone number from Rest of Development? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and, um, when she like suddenly breaks, there's like this great cut where it's like Trooper Wagner. And I can't remember. It might have been uh, Lieutenant Elliot. They both go, whoa, and like turn their heads yeah. at the same time. Well, because that's the G thing. It's just, just stop on the brakes. They're all gonna fly right past you. <laughs> I remember. Well, it's like they like park, and it's like, oh, they've gotten away because she like kind of like made a couple turns down alleys, and like, no, they just walk over and knock on the door, and you just kind of like, yeah, get the fuck out. You know. I know it's stupid, but I remember when we saw Ninth Gate in the theater because we're ancient, mm-hmm. and there's a moment where uh, Polanski's wife just hits the brakes on the freeway and just backs up to the turn, and we were like, oh shit. You could do that. <laughs> Dangerous. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that that's Dan O'Craig's actual iPod touch that he's listening to. <laughs> Singing Sondheim. Somehow like the third movie that referenced Sondheim last year, which I'll be honest, I don't know what the fuck Sondheim is, but uh, apparently he's popular. Yeah, he's Musical popular. wise. Yeah. We find Fran here. I, can't, I wish this wasn't in the trailer because I knew it would be Fran. Mm. you know with mm. where the, the light shuts on I mean, it's a cool shot where like she turns on the, the light on her phone and the, sees the spider the one thing that shot for all in silhouette and what have you and the spider and the shot of her and ransom marta and ransom in the car chase i remember seeing that trailer being like how does the movie get there because i kept yeah. thinking i honestly thought if you've thought ever seen stuck at a, a mansion the whole time probably yeah if you've ever seen death on the nile I thought that Marta would be the. Um, uh, uh, I have not, but not Serge Gainsbourg, but his model wife. I forgot her name. Um, I thought that she would be that character in that the maid who comes in halfway through, or, or some I hate to say it, some variation of the help who's like, "Ooh, I saw something, Mister Detective. I can't wait to tell you this detail I saw." And then she gets like, she's like the second death. That's mm-hmm. what I kept, you know, thinking was going to fall into, and thank fuck, that was wrong. And then she, you know, she shows her character here by instead of running away with the the evidence mm-hmm. in her medicine bag, she, you know, does CPR and tries to save her instead. Yeah. Which is how she loses, but then how she wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the way he's singing into his uh, iPod there and as the cops and ambulance are like coming up behind and finally he's like, oh, hell. What does he say? Going? He's like, oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> He also has an incredible kind of like big sweater coat thing on. Yeah. Well, I just love the idea of the detective who like doesn't even drive. Like he's, I mean, we don't know that he can't drive, but like that people are driving him around in the movie. He has the main suspect driving him yeah, around. Yeah. yeah. I love this little, little clever bits to uh, kind of keep things moving where she's just like, I give them the, their, I give the hospital my number so they'll call me. Just like to set up that later. Mm-hmm. It's like just so efficient. Mm-hmm. We're just moving right on to the next bit. Well, and just the great like, tell me everything on the drive over. Yeah. Get overhead so we shot. Don't... We get them pulling into the house and he's just like, wow, that was quite a story. <laughs> <laughs> so they, she's reminded of Fran's stash and she goes and gets in the talks report and she's like, and I just handed it to you. God, you're not much of a detective, are you? You're not much of a murder. And he reads it and he gets it. And you're waiting. You're waiting for that thing. And she's about to make her confession. And they're all sitting there like Last Supper style. 
You're waiting for that thing that interrupts it. And he just comes in. He's like, you have not been he nice says, to her. Excuse me. You have not been good to her. You have all treated her like shit. <laughs> to steal back a fortune that you lost and she deserves. You're a pack of vultures at the feast. Knives out, beaks bloody. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, you were not getting out, bailed out this time. And then grandma goes, <laughs> yeah, the, the grandma's just like, nah. Hello, the dog. I <laughs> think the baseball like sticking half out of its mouth, like tongue hanging out. Well, and the, the Linda gets the ball there, right? Mm-hmm. And then she's like, and that leads fuck? her back later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that in the commentary, that was something that wasn't, there was something there that wasn't quite in the script. And somebody asked him on set, what about the ball? And he kind of was able to work that into the story mm-hmm. while they're filming. And it works perfectly, leading her back to Richard. Um, love when they they go into the other room so we can you know start spinning hmm. as he likes to say and he like he takes his coat off and he rolls the sleeves up and he tucks his tie into his shirt it's such a strange little you know look that he goes for there, but it's like it's great and then he sits down perfectly that's the we finally have somebody framed directly in the yeah. center of the nice statue and god he just you feel it it's like it's all coming together yeah the energy's going I spoke in the car about the hole, the center of this donut. Yes, what you and Harlan did that faithful night seems at first glance to fill that hole perfectly. A donut hole in a donut's hole. But we must look a little closer. And when we do, we see that the donut hole has a hole in its center. It is not a donut hole at all, but a smaller donut with its own hole. And our donut has not a hole at all. <laughs> our donut is not hole at all. <laughs> yeah, that completely killed in the theater. Yeah. Um, and just, it's like this close up on his like face. He's like, just like has this gleeful like look you know um apparently daniel craig basically memorized the whole third act of this like a play like mm-hmm. he was just ready to go cool and yeah and they're and ryan johnson's just like all right go for it you know? yeah well and then uh why was i hired <laughs> he's gonna have them bring in the suspect and so like trooper wagner walks in and she's like trooper wagner he's like what no no <laughs> um as they're going through it and they're like talking about like it's just like that movie and the Trooper Wagner's like deadly by surprise and like the the eye roll the, the eye Lieutenant roll from <laughs> yeah from <laughs> Lieutenant Elliot's just like Jesus uh, oh but also I think of all of the line readings that Anadarmus does it's the she said Hugh did this because you made the help call you Hugh because you're, you're an, an asshole, asshole. <laughs> it's like a moment <laughs> of epiphany for her yeah you know yeah, it's like, yeah, you you made the help call you that because you're an asshole. <laughs> um, you're going to go through life thinking that the help doesn't like you because yeah. you're a nerd. But that's not the case at all, Ransom, because you're an asshole. Maybe because you're an asshole. Uh, have you ever seen the movie North? Uh, Robert Ebert's least favorite movie? Uh, that's one of Roger. Elijah Wood? Yeah. I haven't, I don't think. There's a Hugh you thing in that where like they like trick his parents into disowning him by filming them saying... We don't like you, and he thinks they're saying we don't like you. I don't know. It's just, I I have to imagine that Ryan Johnson seen that movie. Well, that's the brilliance of he just came back into Picard of why they named the character Hugh the Borg is as he's dealing with Picard too, because TNG never really did enough with like, how like the second Picard Picard two, like the number two. No, 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 okay, no, no. But when when Picard is dealing with Hugh in TNG and he doesn't believe that this character could actually be like a separated Borg who could get his own identity back mm-hmm. and it's you know he's, he's like challenging him and he keeps saying like you know Hugh, Hugh wants this he wants that and it's like it's really hitting back to Picard this this mirror 
I mean, it's such a it's such an easy thing to do with that fucking name. I feel like I could I've seen another movie that uses the Hugh and you, but you know what? It's been a while, and I'm glad that he got it. Definitely, nobody could do that for ten years. <laughs> Ryan Johnson has the license for the next decade. Um, Marta being able to tell which vial is morphine with the labels on, great touch. I feel like the script and you know just the director they they respect Marta's occupation. And skills, you know, you knew because you've done it a hundred times. Imperceptible. You gave him the correct medication because you are a good nurse. Imperceptible with the viscosity. Well, it's, I don't know, like she's such a hero in the movie yeah, just yeah. for being a kind hearted person who's good at her job. You know? And that's why I love her and find her healing because I don't, that's not something I recognize in my own life. I don't sure. know anybody who has a kind heart. I don't know any, any good people. So I like seeing them on the big screen. Even in a, in a murder mystery. Well, she doesn't have to fucking like drop kick anyone or, you know, like, like, yeah, have a big action scene really or anything like that. Yeah. Right. She, she just succeeds by being a good person. Our ancestral home. Oh, <laughs> Harlan bought this in the seventies from a Pakistani real estate developer. Yeah. With your permission, I'd like to spin a little further. Well, the, the utter disdain that ransom has for Benoit Blanc and his whole Southern culture and it's like even before he like really lets it loose, just the uh, oh come on, Marta, that is stupid of two, two O's. O's. Yeah. <laughs> I am tired of this foghorn leghorn bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I'd say I'm I'm really impressed with how airtight the plotting of this mystery is because it's really fucking hard to do. Yeah, and I like thought I had like cracked like a small hole mm-hmm. when I was watching, like um. I, I think I just confused the geography of the house because she Jamie Lee Curtis hears her when she comes back down the stairs pretending to be Walt, mm-hmm. but doesn't hear her going back up because she doesn't go all the way up. I think. Oh yeah. To the bedroom. Yeah. 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 It's, uh-huh. it's only up to the attic. I think is where it does the thing. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's airtight plotting with multiple, kind of scenarios you know as like as ransom has to adjust his plan mm. you know he had one plan and then oh shit it it, it wasn't a medical thing it, was, it turned out to be a you know like a gory suicide so now there's police and so now he has to alter his plan mm. and now he's being blackmailed and so he's going to use this to bring marta in you know like marta confesses when that fucks up his plan again you know like it's really pretty incredible like the the amount of plotting you know and the, and the way it all fits together and all the little details that we've heard all fit in. The dogs barking that woke up Meg at four in the morning. Um, the the lack of interruption of the arterial spray. It's because Harley, yeah. you know, put the knife to his own throat. Enter Benoit Blanc. Uh, Trooper Wagner shushing Lieutenant Elliot. Um, what incredible instincts by Ryan Johnson to know to put that there. Like, it's just kind of goose the audience at just the right moment because it's been a little bit somber and you've had a lot of reveals. Yeah. And you just want to, like, give them a little tickle, you know, to, like, let them know that, like, hey, we know you're digging this right now. This guy's digging it, too, yeah. you know. It'd be funny if Trooper Wagner's the one that appears in the sequel. <laughs> like, he's just on <laughs> I mean, vacation. he's in, like, every movie of, uh, of he's, uh, Ryan he's Johnson. He's Kid so. Blue and Looper. I can't remember where he's he is in Brothers Bloom. He's, is he on the... He's um, Dode in... Uh, Right. Brick, and he's. Uh, I think he it's on the is, Salt Planet. I think so. Yeah, he's he's like a, a resistance fighter, but he's not. Uh, he's not. What's his name? This is Salt. Salt. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let's see what else we have here. Um. 
Hugh versus you. I think we mentioned the smile that Anna Darmus gets when Blanc tells her she doesn't make a very good murder. It's just <laughs> like she glows. Um, the final puke moment with Trooper Wagner. That means she's lying. <laughs> and and the way Lieutenant Elliot's just like, yeah, we know because he knows that means that Fran's dead. Yeah, so like yeah. he's more like somber about it, you know. And they hold up, of course, and the then recording turn phone. the phone. Yeah, yeah. call back. Well, and then just uh, well, in for the penny, in for the pound. You get, you get the like it. It should be utterly cheesy, zoom. but like the slow mo where everyone's just like, <gasps> yeah. you know, it works in this movie. The way he's like falling on top of her with a knife and everything. Yeah, it's really very, cool shot. Very, also very sexual. It is rather sexual, yes, because he's literally trying to insert into her. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then just the. The little, the little hinge well, and, the, the and that they set that up earlier with his family not you know knowing the difference between a stage prop and the real thing yeah yeah um, also the knife that he stabs into the board there harlan earlier that's the knife in his portrait oh interesting. Okay. About, and that's also the knife that he kills himself with oh cool um and the portrait he's not smiling through the whole movie at the end they alter the portrait so that he's smiling oh nice which is like you know, you could say that breaks reality or whatever, but it's like what a what a great touch. You know, well, I mean, I think you can almost argue that, that she's it probably has always been like smiling, perspective or something, and yeah. she's seen it as not a smile because of the the grief. Mm-hmm. Love the black eye that Richard has at the end after you know they have well, a special just, way of communicating. We've been set up this whole way that like they had these little games between Linda and Harlan that that you had to know how to play those games to, to communicate with him, and of course it's going to be invisible ink. Mm-hmm. I think I called that one like as soon as I saw like the empty letter. Yeah. Yeah. But got- then he has just the black eye later. It's like you don't need to see her hit him. No. You just like it's no, just like yeah. what a funny shot. He turns around. He's got a black eye and like it's just there for you to laugh it, at. It, but so it's so economical because he's just like Linda we got to call all the lawyers and she's looked up and it's just great like she doesn't have a ton to do in this movie. Yeah. But Jamie Lee can like convey is like how fucking hurt she is. And he just has this look like, oh shit. Yeah. I love how he's like running after the cops with like this big fucking wad of cash in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> like he's gonna bribe them yeah. or something. Well, the other thing too is I, I want to mention too, when Richard first is introduced and he's like talking to Marta, and he seems like kind of an okay guy as he's like, How you doing, kiddo? And he's just like he just, looking he's on at his phone. phone. <laughs> yeah, that's that Peter Hastings energy there for sure. Yeah, it's, he can't directly have a conversation with her. He has to have some, you know, disambiguation between him and her. Right, right, because she's she's the help. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then just the, the final shots there with uh, Sweet Virginia. I love the way that Linda is standing just a little in front of the rest of her family. She is the and leader. She, yeah. And she has this just very, very cool, like, raise of her hand with the cigarette mm-hmm. as she stares up at them, you know. Yeah. Or at her. At her. And then my house, my coffee, my rules. Cut. And we can get the little like clue card, you know, uh, credits at the end there. Doug but I mean, up. you can guess at where the situation of Marta and the Frombies is going to go. You do not need it spelled out. It's it's the, the, it's a pitch. Well, she's ending. like, I should help them, right? And then Benoit Blanc's like, ah, I'm sure you'll make your decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just man, that whole third act with. Benoit Blanc just just going for it completely, spinning his uh, his deductions. Always a fun scene, you know. I mean, those scenes always kill. The way everything comes together, just the right amount of flashbacks. We don't need to see everything flashback, but we, you know, it's like no. here's a little different angle on this or that. Well, the movie dances a tone just right of like flashbacks that we can tell are true 
of flashbacks that we can guess are an altered perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and just as he's talked about the sequel, uh, he just fucking gets the whole point of Benoit Blanc is not to um, the whole point of Benoit Blanc is not to what is running in my face. The whole point of Benoit Blanc is not to like give you a big backstory of this character. You it's know, not necessary. Yeah, yeah, it's not necessary. It's not. The, that's not what the is, focal is point there should be. As a vehicle for other characters. Yeah. yeah. And you can still have fun of him and you can like learn, you know, action as character. But uh, he's the tip of the spear. Yeah. Well, that was nice out. Any complaints? No. Yeah. I got none. I love this movie. It's perfect. Even if I could think of one, I would... I would write it in an envelope and light the envelope on fire and throw it away because there's this movie has so much fucking goodwill with me. To me, it's like the only flaw I could point out in this movie that it it, it might be a little too clever for some people. You know, <laughs> you might actually lose you you might tip your hand too much with the mystery because they're not playing along as much as you want them to. You know? I just fucking love that you can go buy the fucking DVD and it's still in the theaters. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a PG thirteen film. Yeah, it's super fun. It's you can watch it multiple times and pick up more yeah. stuff in it. You know, you see a lot like, of little details. Like it was never going to make Rise of Skywalker money, but the longevity of it. Yeah. Um, make one change. Uh, just I want the the next movie. That's that's it. That's I just okay. think make the time go faster. I'll give you one. Okay. There is a moment when she, after all the the car chase and gone to the hospital, they come back to the house. She's going to like, you know, reveal herself and she like hugs Meg. Mm. And I just I got this whiff of like something with Meg. Like, oh shit, is Meg secretly the villain here? Because mm. I don't know, there's something suspicious about her. I would have loved it if they could have put in a bit where like the dogs were barking at Meg. Like somewhere around okay. there. Just, you know, just a, a super minor little thing just to have one extra little like, here for you smart people who are watching closely. You're going to, you know, you're going to latch onto this, but I'm actually just tricking you one more time. I guess I, I the that. dogs do bark at other people. They bark at uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, they, they bark at Marta, but they're not like as hostile, you know? No, no, they're, so if you get to have like one more bit of the dogs, you know, like being, you know, aggressive. With sometimes someone. dogs bark because they don't like someone. Sometimes yeah. dogs bark to say, Hey, notice me um, or I see you like Meg is the character, the, the little Nazi boy is perfect for what he is. We get just enough we, of Yeah, him. we don't need any more. I feel like Meg is the the note that we think there's going to be more of and there's not. Mm-hmm. Um by design or just because there's not room for her considering the fucking balancing act. Like Ricky Lindholm, you don't need more of her, but Meg is like the one who feels like there should be something too. Mm. And even just the nature of her like leaving the party. You know, much like Ransom, you feel like there's something. That's why I think it, it would have been great to just put like just the, the little tiny button there. Yeah. You know, for, for you to maybe be like, huh, right before the end. Because she's utterly forgotten about after that hug and the apology. Pretty for the much. Phone yeah. Call. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Power rankings. I have 20. I have 15. Okay. So, I mean, I had to, had to stretch a little bit to get to 20. I like that you were just like, no, it's going to be 20. Well, I have spots for 20 so sometimes i fill them all out sometimes i don't okay i usually start with 10 and then mm-hmm. sometimes expand all right go for it jacob thromby number 20 wow okay i mean fuck him and everyone he represents you know yeah okay 
Oh, yeah, it's got to keep going. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number 19 had the Watchmen uh, Proof Rock. Okay. It's apparently like a reference to a uh, Choose yeah. Your Own Adventure book or something. Oh. Number 18, this should probably be much higher. Cable Knit Sweaters. Yeah, it's good sweaters. Did you uh, at any point contemplate buying one of those? They sell the the one at like Target. the one, yeah. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about his is it has a little like tear in it. Yeah, the same spot that uh, Ben Solo has in his sweater. Yeah. Just some good boy sweaters there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely like was strolling around Macy's one day because I had a gift certificate. Just being like, maybe I should get a sweater. It was slightly ruined for me by our friend Steve meeting me for dinner a couple weeks ago and wearing this, showing up wearing the same sweater I was wearing, mm. to which I had to say, change something about yourself mm. right now before you sit down at the table. Ah, you guys could be sweater buddies. No, no, no. He had to change mm. something about himself. I've got Also, we've talked about before. I finally figured out which actor energy he's been emulating this entire time. John Goodman. I mean, it's it's John Goodman, Charlie Sheen, and Kurt Russell. But really, the best case scenario I mean, his, for him, his, Walter is, John has definitely like come on more lately. He, yeah, like the entire Walter range of Subject. him is John Goodman and, and Barton Fink. I would actually say. Mm. Anyway, okay. uh, what do you want? Number seventeen, Detective Hard Rock. <laughs> what a name! We have the nanny cam footage. <laughs> I really hope he makes a return. Number sixteen, Marta's sister and mother. They don't have much to do, but they're okay. fun. Let's say they're my 16 as well. Mm-hmm. Like, just the sister, like, are we rich now or what? <laughs> That's fine. I already figured out the ending. I feel like that was just like a little poke from Ryan about, yeah. you know, the way people dismiss mysteries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or And they'll say that. Because mm-hmm. some people have to be better. Yeah, I mean, I'm not just actual mysteries, but just like the whole idea of a mystery in a movie. Mm-hmm. There are people out there who I've encountered who like, it's almost like they're offended by the idea that the movie would try to put one over on them. So it's like, how dare you attempt this magic trick? Like there's a character, like I noticed this, you know, in Nancy drew, there's a character who's the killer mm-hmm. and he's in three episodes. You can tell oh, spoiler in the first appearance. Cause he's so like, Oh, I'm, I'm just a pretty like head down. I'm, I'm a normal character, but I'm memorable in mm-hmm. some fashion. And so then when he appears with a weird detail at the beginning of the one where it's like, we're going to reveal the killer at the end of this, it's like, gee, I fucking wonder who it's going to be. But I mean, I guess for me, it's like, I don't know if that's the only reason you're approaching a mystery is to like prove you're better than it. Like, no, what's, no. What's the yeah. fun in that? Well, know? but also if you're not just drinking in the process. Yeah. What's what, following the clues? Yeah. I what mean, are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. My 15. Great Nana. Oh, Eating the whole shit. spread. Oh, great Nana didn't end up on my list. Oh, that's mm. that's fucked. R.I.P. Yeah. Oh, she's wonderful. No, she she might have. Anyway, well, um, no, she didn't. Fuck, I feel like a fool. My fifteen is is M.M. Walsh. Okay, the Watchman. Yeah. Just, I was like, oh shit, he's alive. Got all this new technology. Got all this new technology. Yeah. Ricky J would have also been great in that role. Although maybe perhaps a little too. I don't know. He projects like a certain intelligence. To like every character Ricky he has. Jay is always projected. weird casting yeah. in any movie he's in. The exception of maybe House of Games. I guess I should probably watch Brothers Bloom, you think? Brothers For Bloom. some reason, I just never have. You're going to fucking love Brothers Bloom. Mm. I mean, even if it's not a genre, it's about con men. It's like Adrian Brody, though, right? And Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, it's the Adrian Brody part, though. Just like, and yeah. uh, uh, Rico Kikuchi. Is he like? Is he cut like he is in Predators? I don't think we see him. <laughs> sure. I haven't seen Predators. 
I don't know. Adrian Brody is a fucking ridiculous movie. That was. Yeah, Adrian Brody is a weirdo. And he's just like, I won an Oscar, and I'm going to do a stupid action movie where I have abs and go for it. I guess that's uh, isn't that the way? Mm-hmm. That's what I did after my Oscar. Number fourteen, Alan Stevens. Frank Oz is the lawyer character. Uh he's on mine. You, you're useless. But Thank you. <laughs> my number fourteen. This is going to be slightly fucked. Mm. I admit this is fucked now. Ooh. Meg. Oh. Damn. Yeah. Lower than fucking Jacob? Yep. Now, why is that? Do you feel like more of a betrayal from her? I do. And the Jacob I took as it's not a it's not lost that this is, you know, there's a liberal mindset behind the making of this movie. And like lifting him up as like this puppet of like, look at these fucking assholes. Like they nailed what I think of those uh uh Richard Spencer types. Mm-hmm. So it's not that I, I Putting him higher is not because I like him. Mm-hmm. It's like the, you, you feel you the trail of, of but Meg yeah, more. fucking Meg like hurt me. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, number thirteen, I've got Donna Thromby. Is that Richard's wife? That's or, Richard, uh, Walt's wife. Or Walt's wife yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it's hard to rank some of these because I like them all. You know, so you got to put them somewhere. Um, I really enjoyed her background work that she was doing. Yeah, I love the way she just like. Is so startled by Richard early in the film that she just like spills like her massive glass of wine. I mean, I know it's it's uh, it's outre to to mention him when he, especially when he was good, but like Joss Whedon brought up a good point that a lot of times for those smaller dramatic roles, casting comedians mm-hmm. they know how to do the right facial Does reactions. He have a show? Yeah, he's got a show coming out on HBO with like a bunch of like sexy robot ladies or something. They are like Victorian superheroes. Okay, like Same Victorian X Men. Yeah. I'm sure there's corsets and sexiness. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wonder how they're going to like promote that. Like, are they going to trot him out? I don't know. Is he uncanceled? I don't know. I think the jury's that's still a, out. That's a good question. I'm, I guess I'm curious to see if he's evolved at all. Um, I mean, but as a human being and also as a writer. Yeah. Um, because he has kind of been doing the same thing for a long time. Like a long time. I mean, you could argue that Dollhouse had a slightly different tone in places, but... I mean, how much that is like Tim Minear, though? You but know? also, when it wasn't the Joss Whedon tone that we know, it was kind of dull. So it's I like... I that show got somewhere eventually. I season enjoyed two the second was season. actually yeah. really good. Season one, though, I can't believe there's but a I feel season like two. He, he's been doing the same gimmicky dialogue for so long. It's like, are you still going to do that or yeah. are you going to change it up? Well, especially you know? when we go to fucking Victorian... Yeah, are you still going to be doing the same Whedon-esque dialogue yeah. in a completely different scene? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, 13 is Detective Hard Rock. Yeah. <laughs> got that nanny cam footage. Uh, what I got? Number 12? Yeah. Fran. Okay. Just fucking hairy dudes telling underage boys about it for some reason. And I've dated Italian guys. Do you, do you think the Jacob Thromby, is, is that who he's joylessly masturbating to? In the bathroom, is like, oh my god, this older woman's talking about sex with me. You gotta really wonder. Mm-hmm. Well, what's, what's interesting is I got this vibe, especially from Jacob's kind of glee to tell the story mm-hmm. that he must dislike Ransom, which yeah. I base on Ransom well, disliking him. But you, well, would their, think, their fathers have they have a competition. But too. you would almost think that Ransom, who doesn't seem liberal, mm-hmm. you would think that Ransom would be like one of Jacob's. Well, Ransom role calls. Meg, he says, "How's the SJW degree going?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, I, I think it's more of just a familial rivalry. Yeah, you know, and I'm sure Ransom doesn't give a shit about Jacob. It's probably never like been cool with him at all. Yeah, never gave him a single thought. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we are at twelve. Yeah, my twelve is Jacob Thromby, the all right troll. Mm-hmm. His 
Well, that's the kid who's like he's like the stuttering little shit from uh, it. Which one? I think he's the main one. I think he becomes the jokey one. No, he becomes um um Scottish guy, Professor X. Yeah, McAvoy. McAvoy. He becomes McAvoy. I believe. I believe, but like his affect is so like. Right, right, okay, yeah. Like the the one whose brother surgeon. got his, uh, his arm yeah. bitten off. Basically, like, I feel like he's like Nazi surgeon. Like he's going to torture yeah. people in this. That actor might grow up to have a real career as a villain. <laughs> Uh, number 11, that's where I had Meg. Okay. I mean, yeah, Meg, you uh, feel like you betrayed your va- your values there. Yeah, for real. For your, for your family. Uh, 11 is where I have Alan Stevens. And I'm going to also put his assistant there, too. <laughs> the great Frank Oz. I've got Joni Thromby at number 10, which feels low for her, but I just like a lot of other characters. Okay. At 10, I have Fran. Oh. Uh, and this thing really happens because my cousin works at the end. Fran is just fun. Like she's, I don't know. She's got enough points in there and that she's memorable enough for, for such a minor role. I like Fran. Uh, let's see. Number nine. I've got Linda Drysdale, Jamie Lee Curtis. She just has a, just a real flinty, you know, affect to her where it's just, she definitely seems like she's going to yell at you. If you like touch something, uh, you know, on the mantle or something like that, you know, or, like yeah. use the wrong, you know, cup, you know, when you're getting a drink of water, that kind of thing, you know. I'm really trying to, there's something, something happening something later happened. in your list. You've got something funny. You've got like the knives or something as, as one of yours. Okay. We'll you've, got, you've got something happening. My number nine is Trooper Wagner. Huh? Uh, again, this character I should hate, but he just works. Like the obvious, like goofy, slightly audience proxy, like the, the dork. He just fucking works. Big fan. Big fan. Number eight, I've got Richard Drysdale. Okay. Don Johnson. Just having fun being a, a shit heel. This is the fucking Don Johnson sense in 2019. Yeah, yeah, between this and Watchmen. Yeah. He's he nailed that fucking thing in Watchmen where it's like, even though he's obviously like later revealed he's to be saying. A, a villainous character. Yeah. But like that thing where like you kill off a big character in the first episode and you're like, oh, I wish they had stuck around. That's 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 it, man. That's the golden halo. My number eight is Detective Lieutenant Elliot. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield is great in this. It's great to see him playing a character that I've seen where he's not under such duress. I mean, mm-hmm. he's had a pretty good couple of years. Get out. Sorry to bother you. Um, oh, it's a, it's such an understated role, but it's think, such an important role. I think he's the boyfriend in someone great it's just good to see him having fun in a new way yeah uh what do i got uh number seven is yeah lieutenant elliot for me mm. mm-hmm. uh my number seven is linda drysdale uh it's it's jamie lee curtis man it's like I, I think jamie lee brings goodwill wherever she goes right like you like her you want her to see her and things she's got i don't know there's something about Act, these actors like her and Sigourney Weaver. I'm just excited with whatever they do. I can just think like other Jamie Lee Curtis roles where she brings like such warmth to it. Yeah. And it's totally absent in this. Yeah. Like she feels so cold. Yeah. But I mean like her and like Sigourney, they're like, they're actors of a certain age that even if like the subject material is as interesting, I've never seen the movie. I'm just glad to know that they're still working. <laughs> um, She's great. Yeah. So my Jamie Lee's at uh, seven. So I've got Trooper Wagner at six. I just like, he just like kept rising higher and higher for me. He's just such a fun little, you know, aperitif. 
to the rest of the movie. I feel like he he takes nothing away from the other characters. Mm-hmm. Take notes, JJ. Um, and he just he's always there, just at the perfect moments to just like bring it up just a little bit, you know. There's no moment where he's just like somehow ancient uh, rituals. Somehow Sith, ransom yeah. is returned. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, <laughs> the fact that you don't even know what that fucker is like supposed to be the resistance's historian, though. Why the fuck do you need that? Whatever. Uh, my number six is Joni Thromby. Uh, it's 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 a kind of a one note character, but my god, she hits it so well. <laughs> like you get this character and you like her, and and built into that though is past the joke is a very human understanding of why she's like double dipping from yeah. him. You know, and she explains to Meg, like, I can't pay for your college. But she's also clearly, like, been leeching off this family for years. I mean, yeah. I, it's, you know, I don't think he's going all both sides or anything. But I think Ryan Johnson's not afraid to, uh, you know, throw some barbs at the, like, supposed liberal of the family either. And yeah. just be like, yeah, you're kind of still pretty fake. You yeah. Know? But even then, there's a complicated thing. I, I, we don't know the details of, like, the deceased husband or what have you. Yeah. Number five, I got Walt. Walt Thromby. That's what's what it is. Uh, Somehow I forgot Walt. Mm, wow. Apparently he will, he, he will not eat one iota of shit. Apparently he will. Mm. <laughs> My number five is Richard. How you doing, kiddo? He just comes back to taxi, taxi, taxi. Thing. Uh, Don Johnson is. I wanted great. you at the funeral, but I was outvoted. I just I really appreciate. There's almost these like caricatures that these actors are bringing but they're like fleshing them out and i fucking love it they got entertainment value um just linda's whole like i will not be baited sir and he's just like he's immediately like going like whatever you want to know yeah. i'll tell you I'll, I'll, i want you guys shit a, about that guy yeah. i want your guys's approval yeah mm-hmm. well got a little irish courage in him <laughs> uh where are we at number four yeah ransom drysdale okay um Fun role, just as planned. He comes in as a breath of fresh air, you know, about a third of the way through the movie. Chris Evans, obviously having a ton of fun not being Captain America. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just a great character, great role, good villain. Mm-hmm. Um, he he really starts to, you know, when he's showing his true colors at the end there, just like the looks on his face, very indignant, mm-hmm. very kind of like, just I can't believe that I have to deal with this, you know, like I'm too good for this, you yeah. know. Uh, I also have Ransom here, uh, number four. I think this movie will later, we'll go back and see if this was like uh, not a transformative work in the career of a lot of actors, but like the stepping stones, like the next stage of their career. I think Daniel Craig does this. He does mm-hmm. this accent to say, I can be somebody after Bond. Obviously, Anna de Armas like, shows, I'm a real fucking actor. You cretins for not noticing that. Chris Evans would always be great in this role, but to catch him coming right out of 10 years of Marvel is fucking brilliant to play this role. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number three, I've got Harlan Thromby. Same. Just a great character with, you know, minimal screen time, but fully fleshed out. You know, he, Christopher Plummer can go on just kind of like a, a rambling, you know, flowery soliloquy and it doesn't feel forced or fake in any way. Like no. he just has the gravitas to pull it off. And yet the way, what he convey with just a simple look at her, mm-hmm. you know, as she's falling apart. Yeah. There's a reason why he's just the, the multifaceted shining portrait at the center of all this. He's, he's great. I think we're going to have the same. I think we're going to have the same number two, Benoit Blanc. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, 
killing it. I mean, what a you know, it's he's the American Perot. Yeah. Um, exactly as advertised and exactly as that character should be mm-hmm. in a story like this. He's a ton of fun without ever smothering the dramatic arc of anyone else. Take notes. Uh, what's his face? Um, Brana, uh, Brana. No, Kenneth Brana. Oh, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, God, man. Oh, so uh, Wikipedia told me something fascinating. Uh, speaking mm-hmm. of our friend Steve, uh, Steve's uh, uh, inamorata, uh, Daisy Ridley's boyfriend, uh-huh. is also in Death in the Nile. Like they brought that guy oh, back because he's like a friend of uh, Poirot, but right? he's like the nephew of the guy, of the who, guy owns, who owns the train. Yeah, yeah, and so now he's also in Death on the Nile. Mm, okay. Whatever. They're that like movie, we need more than one character to come back for the next movie. That movie is great, and what's fascinating is that the Peter Ustinov character had played Poirot as such a ridiculous joke, and he still does to a certain degree in that movie. Murder on the Orient Express? No, no, no. And uh, Death on the Nile. Okay. The, the, not the original, but the yeah. 70s one. And there is, but there is a gorgeous darkness at the heart mm. of that movie. I mean, it's coming out, what, this year? I think I so. Think? Yeah. yeah. With like Gal Gadot and people. Sure. I mean, I see number one with a bullet, Marta Cabrera. For sure. Um, completely altered my whole perception of Andarmas. I think I'd only seen her in Blade Runner 2049, which mm. she didn't leave much of an impression on me. That movie didn't leave much of an impression on me, to be honest. I, I saw it in the theater and I remember thinking it was fine, but like, I don't know. It, it just didn't stick with me. Maybe I need to see it again. But like, I kind of just knew her as like, oh, I think she's like a model who acts, mm. you know, and, and she was like his like, like artificial robot intelligence girlfriend or something. Here she's like a revelation. Like yeah, I and like super curious for anything she does next. I've been aware. It almost of her. seems. I mean, I could totally see her being the Bond girl, but it almost seems like a waste. You know. Yeah. Well, the fact that she's in so little of that, those trailers, and she's doing like crazy action stuff in a long, flowing black dress. I presume that she's like the the final Bond girl. Like mm-hmm. they're gonna get rid of what's her name, but um. I've been aware of her for a couple of years, but probably through Instagram, knowing that she's in these like shitty, like she, Eli Roth movies. She did like some stuff in like Spanish cinema or like, like Spain, you know? Yeah. She's Cuban. Um, um but she's done a lot of like movies outside of America and mm-hmm. slowly coming in. And, um, but usually something like utilizing her sexuality or like, like finding a reason for her to be nude. Um, she's great in Blade Runner, but she's the 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 beautiful, empty, mercurial, ephemeral ideal yeah. that this character has. And this, there's so much substance to Marta, and yeah, and I, I feel like you really see how good she is, just you know, with simple things like doing the uh, the injections, like mm. you know, nailing that properly. You know, she behaves exactly as a nurse would. You know, just like little details like that. Well, and, and that she's her whole role. She even though she can't lie completely, she's always, you know, performing versions of the truth for people. Right. You know, it's, it's a lot of subtleties and like just the way she reacts differently than everyone else in scenes because of what she knows that they don't like. It's really impressive what she's doing. It's not, you know, singing and dancing, mm-hmm. you know, or like, you know, big monologues or anything like that. But it's to me, she's like super impressive. Well, you're you're rooting for her. There's times because of the situation, the people she's around that you feel bad for her. You want to take mm-hmm. care of her. At the same time, 
you can tell that she can be very resolute and take care of herself. Like she can be a little, little bit scary when she needs to be, when she has to have her own knives out. But because well, she's a nurse and she needs to kind of in making you know, her be a strong, it doesn't take away these moments where she can just sit on the steps and cry, mm-hmm. you know, or, or feel broken down and then pick herself back up. Yeah. She's probably my favorite protagonist of the past several years. Yeah. I would say. From start to finish, granted, it's one movie. She's got a pretty good beginning and a pretty good end. Mm-hmm. It's not like uh, she gets that mug and she's <laughs> stuck on the fucking desert planet. Yeah. Her mug says, my Skywalker. <laughs> um, so, unanswerable questions here. Do you think Blanc smelled the puke in the car? In the in the big gulp? Yeah. I really wonder. Because they that didn't... Had to stink, right? They, yeah, they didn't do like the fucking like uh, it was only a little bit too this time. Like she just had a little bit of, of throw up. Sure, there. sure. And I kind of wondered like if they're gonna do a thing like the bigger the lie, the bigger the well, amount. Well, she fucking projectile vomited yeah. on the ransom there. That was great. But uh, um, I really wanted him to wipe it off. Ugh, anytime someone gets puked on, it made it so gross. Yeah. Well, then he, he's on top of her, just yeah. oozing her own vomit back at her. Kind of takes away from the sexiness, or adds to it. Mm. Um, like a garbage pail kid's kind of way. Like uh. They didn't do the thing, and I'm really glad, where it's like he doesn't do like the fucking bullshit Sherlock where he's just like, you know, like like seeing the scene be recreated where he's not like doing like, oh, I've sure, got a sure. crazy intense senses, you know? Yeah, kind of uh, just like there's no, effects heavy. There's no yeah. like him dipping the finger in the blood and tasting it and being like, he was stabbed in the middle of the night, you know? <laughs> cocaine, yeah. <laughs> How do you know it's cocaine, Benoit? I know. I'm no stranger. <laughs> I've written a monologue on the various types of cocaine found in the South. Uh, Uh, How successful do you think Flam is? Like, not not at all, all, right? Not at all. Yeah, no. Is she really an influencer or does she just pretend to be an influencer? She buy a bunch of followers. Unless there's like, what is the ratio of like weird, like vaginal, like goop, pardon the pun, that Flam sells or like whatever the. Like, some I, eggs you that's the impression i get now yeah. is that a lot of goop like takes us right back to gwyneth's vagina <laughs> like flan doesn't have a fucking netflix show i love that it's just so close to phlegm yeah yeah it's a flam lab <laughs> uh would we recommend this movie absolutely Fuck yes yeah i as we said don't even listen to us just go watch it watch it again watch it again yeah yeah, I, this is like my go-to movie when I just, I just need to like figure something out, you know, in my own right. I'm just like, I'm just going to watch this again. There's, mm. there's probably something in here. It'll be mm. good. Mm. All right. Well, that was nice. Out. What are we going to do next? So is it is it my turn to pick? I think it is. I have four choices for you. Oh. So you, I'm going to throw them at you. Okay. You take whichever one you want. You pick it up. Mm-hmm. If you don't, send it right back. Can't hardly wait. Okay. The Thing. Okay. Starship Troopers. Okay. Casino Royale. Hmm. We haven't done Casino Royale already. No, we did. You know, like world is the not world enough. Is not <laughs> enough. <laughs> the reason I was thinking when, Casino, when does Bond come out? Like April. I feel like we should maybe hold off a little bit. Like, I don't know. Do you think we could do two by the time Bond comes out? Two movies? Two yeah. Bond movies? Oh, no, just two movies. Like, uh, should we should we save Casino Royale till like the one after this one is what I'm asking. Like closer to Bond. I guess. I, I can cycle in. Is like early April? Is that when it comes I'm out? I'm not quite sure. Do you have it? Can you pull uh, it up? I can look it up here. 
Because I can I can cycle in a fourth choice for you there of the four. All right, what do you got? Else? Crazy stupid love. Nah, that movie's canceled. Is uh, it? Yeah, I think it is. Last Mohicans. So, April 9th. We should probably do Last Mohicans. We've been talking about doing that forever. That's a very sexy movie. Mm-hmm. All right, so Last Mohicans and then Casino Royale. Yeah, that that, it's like five weeks to do two uh, movies. Bond. So yeah, I think we can accomplish that. Okay. So yeah, we'll be back in a few weeks to do Last Mohicans. Any other thoughts before we go? Just to let everyone know, I have eliminated no suspects. Yeah, it's just a great movie, and um, I don't know. No, I got nothing else. Yeah, stay safe out there. Cough in your elbow. Don't touch your face. Yeah, they don't, not not for fear mongering, but be a little concerned. Take take precautions for you and your loved ones. I'm a little concerned. Yeah, I'm traveling between Sacramento and Santa Clara, the two California epicenters. I'm a little concerned. Didn't uh, wasn't one of the people who got it? Wasn't it in the Bay Area? Uh huh. Yeah, in Santa Clara. Fun times. I don't want to touch anything you touched. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, we'll be back with the last Mohicans. Yes. See you then. Stay alive. I will find you.